I think you'd like this movie. All right. Yeah. I am a big fan of divorce. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's very true. Yes. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Salutations. And from music video sins, Barrett Sherry. That was very subdued. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yes. Hello. <laughs> By the way, there's we we are going to be doing the uh, the bracket for the best of the decade at some point. You guys gave us some great suggestions. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to watch some of these. I need to rewatch maybe a couple of movies that might be on this list. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, hated that we we teased that. Yeah. Uh, and everything. Uh, and only to not do it. But we are going to do it. Yes. I think it's February fourth. Yes. Uh, is that a recording date or is that our uh, It'll be yeah, it'll be the week following that. So So it'll be like February 10th will be the release yes. of yeah. the beginning of the brackets and everything. So we'll have that all finalized by then. But yeah, there were some movies in there uh that got mentioned that I I've seen a few of them since too and I've I've uh uh resisted the urge to recommend or warn them because I you know, you know want to have a I want you guys to see them. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, if you haven't seen them already and uh, make a decision for yourself when we when we finalize this bracket and everything and that'll be that'll be a follow-up to our we're going to do a discussion of the best films of 2019 yeah and i think it's a good idea too to get the 2019 out of the way before we get to the decade but anyway this gave us a lot of time i know we usually go right into it but this gives us a lot of time to watch these movies and anyway on to the next thing um do you guys want to rant about anything today I'm taking crazy pills. I'm as mad as hell. You've never seen me very upset. I definitely do. Bring oh, it. Let's do All it. Right, so I have two neighbors that share a driveway. This is called an easement. I would not recommend you ever have the situation if you can avoid it. That's what you had, right? That's what that was called. That yeah, is yeah. now long paved over and, and lawned over. Yeah. yeah. So as I understand it, uh, and and you know, a couple of years ago we looked at some properties that had this, where if we had bought the land, we would would have had to share a driveway with the house that was closer to the road than the land we were buying, and it made my wife super nervous. Like, what if the driveway breaks? What if it needs repair? What if they don't want to fix it for us? Yada yada. Well, two neighbors. Beside and behind my lot, share this super long gravel driveway. Mm. And by gravel, I mean stones the size of your fist. And they just decided back in the beginning of December to concrete that shit up. Mm-hmm. Now, it was a four-day job. That's how long. I mean, the driveway is probably 200 yards long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that shit probably cost 50 grand like yeah. to build that driveway. Yeah. And they probably split the cost. That's great. Fine. I don't care. They left, the workers left a black garbage bag full of trash and debris right beside that concrete driveway. Mm-hmm. It's been sitting there for three and a half weeks. Mm. I can see it from, I mean, it's 50 feet from my own driveway. The driveways are close. Mm. And I, I think they're in a pissing match to see who's going to clean that up. <laughs> it's one bag? One bag of trash, and they drive by it every goddamn day. <laughs> And it's a it's one of those big thirty gallon black bags. You can't miss that shit. <laughs> but they're driving by it like that's not my problem. That's not wow. my problem. And I'm waiting for the day when the wind or an animal blows that trash into my yard, and then I'm going to get angry. 
<laughs> but for now, I'm just really curious, how entitled are these people? Like, we hired, we paid all this money for that. That's not my problem. It's on my property, and everybody around us has to stare at that trash. <laughs> but I'm not going to pick it up. God, I saw the guy run down the length of his driveway six times and back last night for exercise. And he just kept running right by the trash bag. Hmm. I want to put a sign out there that says, is anyone going to take me? Are you sure it's trash? I'm just, what, what else could it be? Well, it could be gold bullion. It doesn't need to be sitting out in the middle of a fucking yard in a tra- black trash bag. It looks mostly like cardboard and styrofoam. Mm. But my point is, you can't, like, are they waiting for the other one to clean it? They're not waiting for me to clean it, are they? No. It's fucking, pick up your fucking trash. You know, yeah. If you can afford a 200-yard long concrete job on your driveway, then you can afford to fucking pay somebody to pick up that trash. That's a blight. That's a blight on the landscape, I, I, especially exactly. as you come through. I, I bought this property because I wanted to see nature, mm-hmm. not your goddamn trash. I agree. And it would be more understandable if it had like blown and they couldn't see it, but they're driving right by it every <laughs> and running day apparently. and running by it. They walk down there to pick up their kids from the school bus and then walk back. You know what Nobody's you, touching that shit. You know what you should do is you should uh, take that bag. And just turn it over and just put it in and just right there in the middle of the driveway. I thought I've thought about a lot of different <laughs> asshole things I could do um, and be like, well, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> my wife said, just put a sign labeling it. Just write trash on a sign and then with an arrow pointing to it. Uh, but I don't understand it. I really I mean, I don't understand. I, the only conclusion I can draw is that they're both families are entitled and lazy and they don't think it's their responsibility it has to be which is weird like i there was there's no amount of pride in me that says i'm just gonna let that go no no me i neither. don't understand it no. makes no sense like, if, I I, think- if i were you i would have picked it up by now but that's that's the that's they won't learn nothing if you do that. <laughs> exactly if i pick it up they probably won't even notice it's gone right yeah and, and I'm, I'm not trying to, they're not my kids. I don't need to teach them a lesson. <laughs> but I shouldn't have to fucking pick it no, up. No, exactly. Um, and it just it baffles my mind. I want to I want to know what's literally going on in their minds when they drive past that fucker every time. Maybe they've got like some sort of uh, like uh, change blindness or something like that to where they've, they've, they've exercised it from their brain. They don't even see it anymore. It has to be something like that. Yeah. Maybe it's a figment of my imagination. And it doesn't <laughs> Maybe it's your problem. <laughs> Maybe I'm going insane. But... I, it's been three for a few days. It was funny. Yeah, I yeah. used to joke. Oh, how long? How long did I wait to clean up that trash? But now it's like infuriating. Like we're neighbors. You you moved out here because you like the pretty nature too, right? Yeah. Fucking dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I haven't you met know him, him yet. Oh, no. you haven't met. Him? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you don't want to. <laughs> I haven't met him yet. But, hey, Bob, uh, <laughs> pick up your fucking trash. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to the neighborhood. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, that's my rant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. What is the deal with spitting? Oh, spitting, spitting. Uh, in what context? Just doing it yeah. for no reason. Yeah, almost what? always men. Yeah, uh, almost always. I, in fact, I don't think I've ever seen a woman just spit. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, no, like, seen many. <laughs> like, well, I mean, you know, we're talking about for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. <laughs> 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 um, 
I was uh I went to the Belcourt the other day and um going to watch uh, a hidden life, which I'm gonna talk about ah. later on. And uh was walking from my car and a guy was approaching me and he was about twenty feet away, gets on his phone, spits, hmm. and then and then c- continues on his on his way. And I I was just like first off, I'm like, I just don't want to step in that guy's spit. The other thing is, uh, I was like, why, why, <laughs> what is the deal with this? What, why is this a habit? Why do people do this? It may be like picking your nose, right? Yeah. Like something like that. They don't even know they're doing it at this point. But I remember, uh, when I was in New York waiting for a, a train one day and there was this guy who was on his phone and he kept pacing back and forth. And when he would get to the, the track, he would spit. Oh, and then he would get yeah. back on the phone, blah, 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 come back over, spit. Mm-hmm. And then spit again. And then spit. And he just did it. He may he may have done it about 20 or 30 times. Spit into the track. Spit into the track. Yeah. I and, saw that a lot. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't understand that. There's a joke that Tim Allen told way back in the day where he was like, uh, the first thing that you learn when you're a kid that someone teaches you how to spit. Hmm. And I'm like, I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, I mean, I, you know, I didn't, I, I mean, I, I was like, I don't remember that being a thing to, you know, a, a, a pathway to my manhood or anything, <laughs> but apparently for Tim Allen, it was, and he's, he, he wrote a joke about it. And, um, and, and so I was like, so, so people are taught how to spit. Mm-hmm. I, I, what is there a, is there a right way? Is there a wrong There's way? many variations. Now, in Boy Scouts, I was taught how to spit. Like, different ways. Do you get a badge for that shit? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well for as much time as we spent on it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's the casual spit. There's the one where you're really, like, gearing up to Hockaloogie and all that stuff. And then there's, you know, normal spitting. The worst offenders, uh, you go to see a fucking baseball game, at, or even a hockey game, actually. Like, those dugouts are fucking disgusting. And I'm not yeah. talking about tobacco spit anymore. Just regular mm. spitting. Well, Managers, the, players, fucking everybody. It bothers me in hockey and football, for sure, because they're spitting on the field like crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, you're going to fall in that later. Yeah. Somebody else is going to fall in that. That's disgusting. Well, that's mm. the problem. And remember when Tiger Woods got in trouble for this? Uh, he was playing overseas, and he spat on the green. Because go- golfers spit all the time, too. All the athletes spit all the time. Sergio He's- Garcia spit on the cup. in the Yeah, in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah there was a tiger wood spat on the green and you don't really think about it because it's all grass but you're like manipulating shit on the you green are. and so somebody's gonna like the announcer was like someone's going to have to pop through his spittle <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're manipulating balls and shit like that That's so disgusting. you're not gonna like now the only okay so <clears throat> i played baseball and we used to spit sunflower seeds mm-hmm. when I was a kid because mm-hmm. that was our version of chewing tobacco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I golfed competitively, mm-hmm. sometimes you're on the green, you've marked your ball, and there's dirt on your ball. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to just spit on the fringe and rub the ball in it to clean the ball off so mm-hmm. that it rolls smooth. I've done that a lot. Yeah. But that even feels different. I'm talk- like the, the spitting you're talking about is just this disgusting, no purpose. I see people do it. Walking out of grocery stores, yep. I see construction workers do it. I don't understand it. If you mm-hmm. spit on the sidewalk, it's interesting. <clears throat> the reason I asked about the the tracks is that I saw some people just spit on the the platforms and stuff like that, yeah, or on the sidewalk, and that's not cool, man. No, nope. because I saw somebody when I was filling up with gas the other day, fucking like drop a loogie like right next to the pump, 
And I'm like, yes, you're outside, but people are walking around that area. It's disgusting. Yeah. I don't think people, if they get out in the fucking fresh air, they just feel like spitting wherever. Yeah, I just, I, I never understood it. I never understood what, what sort of endorphins must be going through your head for doing it. I think it's a, a habitual thing. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be where they just don't know they're doing it, and it's some sort of like you know uh, thing that helps you, quote unquote, go through the day or whatever yeah everybody right? everybody does it that hockey is the weirdest offender to me because at least in football and baseball you're outside even though in, in baseball you're in a dugout where everybody's trudging through but in hockey it's on the bench you're like right next to the ice i think it's like carpeted and shit like that like you really want to like get all yeah yeah that's nah, fucked up no. even the sunflower seed thing which i saw many times myself and everything i was like just eat the shells there's no reason not to eat the shells. You eat the shell? Yeah, man. Fuck it. My dad eats peanut shells. Seriously? Mm-hmm. How do you grind through? Those things are not hard to get through. Oh, I've never, I've never eaten like maybe accidentally. It, it maybe, maybe I, maybe I ate different kind of sunflower seeds or something. I don't know. Huh. Maybe it wasn't that hard. No, maybe it was, I mean, maybe it was, David. maybe it was hard to get through them. Maybe they had no flavor. I don't know, <laughs> but. Um, I mean, uh, it, it seemed like to me, like that was something that was easy to, to not do hmm. when, whenever, and if, and if it was hard, then don't eat sunflower seeds and spit <laughs> a bunch of fucking seeds on the goddamn floor. Yeah. yeah. No, you know? I, don't, I don't like spitting. I agree with you. Good rant. I hate <laughs> spitting. Spitting is gross. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, uh, we going to do some, uh, recommends and warrants. Totes amazeballs. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Yes. You don't have no rants? I don't have no rants. It's all positivity for me today, baby. All right. Well, then I'll save my secondary rant for my warn because it ties into my warn. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I saw a movie that's very, very good, and I had no idea existed until like a few days ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Made by one of my favorite filmmakers of all time, Noah Baumbach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called While We're Young, Ooh. and this this cast is ridiculous. It's got uh, it's got Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts as a a married couple that are a little bit older. It's got Adam Driver and Amanda Seyfried as the younger couple, hipster couple, couple, and it's got uh, Charles Grodin as Naomi Watts's father, who's great in this movie. Yeah, I love Charles Grodin. Uh, it's I, I forgot how much I love his. Everything is understated with him. Like, mm-hmm. well, not everything. Typically, he's got that very stoic, and he's got that great voice mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So the conceit is that uh, Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts are this married couple that's in kind of a rut. They're childless. All their friends are having uh, kids and everything. They're they're saying, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're an upwardly mobile New York uh, couple. Mm-hmm. He's a documentarian, but can't finish his document uh, documentary. She's a producer. And her dad is like one of the most famous documentarians of all time. He used to be the mentor for Ben Stiller's character as Charles Grodin. And so they end up running into uh, this uh, this couple, Adam Driver and uh, Amanda Seyfried. And Adam Driver in this movie, it, have you ever met a hipster, like a true hipster that that identifies as a hipster and that does hipster things? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. This this is the definition of a hipster. Uh, he you know it's all DIY stuff. It's all like organic stuff. It's it's uh, fedoras and speaking in a jazzy way of speaking and stuff like that. Thrift shopping and like tight <laughs> jeans and wingtip shoes and shit like that. And there's this mm. affectation that I've seen so many times. I've had a lot of hipster friends. I've never been a hipster, but I've had a lot of hipster friends that you can only replicate by being that now 
I didn't watch a whole lot of the show Girls. I don't, I think he was a, like a proto hipster in that show too. But from what I remember, he had a much more understated performance in Girls. This one, he's gregarious. This is 2015. It came out in 2014, but wide release in 2015. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. Uh, it's it, it's this this very endearing performance like you want to be friends with this guy and that's what actually ben stiller is like oh i kind of want to be that guy so they start hanging out they're in their 20s they're in their 40s and like their married friends are like what the fuck are you doing so they start losing them and they start hanging out with the younger crowd but then it gets grading and then it takes an interesting very 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 interesting turn about two-thirds of the way through the movie uh that i wasn't really expecting uh, and I'll leave it there, but it's really, really good. Is it like a regarding Henry type turn? Yes. Yes. He gets shot in the head <laughs> and forgets everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know what I found? This proved the, the, the point that I really think Noah Baumbach is like my comfort place. Mm-hmm. Uh, even his worst stuff that he's done, uh, I've, I've related to. I like his aesthetic. I like his self-awareness because I think a lot of this is probably him reflecting on his current, uh, you know, kind of state of being and all that stuff. He's, I think he's a New York guy or a, a, a Northeast guy. And, uh, yeah, I, he's, he's my, he's my weighted blanket. It's amazing. <laughs> he, he started off with kicking and screaming, which mm-hmm. is just a, you know, it's just a, what would you call it? It's an offbeat, uh, conversational movie, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's quirky and, Yes. I mean, uh, I think I think it's like, it, you know what it is? You could say it's mumblecore before mumblecore became mumblecore. Yeah. Uh, because it's very talky. It's very insular. Like, you can tell that these guys, and, and Parker Posey in that movie even says, like, you guys all sound the same. Mm-hmm. You all speak the same way. Yeah. Uh, and they have, like, their own kind of cohesive language. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, they mine the comedy out of that. And you have to, like kind of ingratiate yourself into with that cast and then you start to to laugh at the points that they do too yeah oh hey look a dictionary i'm gonna go look up blowjob <laughs> um but uh uh yeah um have you haven't seen girls huh I, I saw the first season, most of the first season of Girls, but it was when it was airing. So okay, it's been because, forever. Yeah, because a lot of uh, people out there who know Adam Driver basically through Star Wars and maybe a couple other things would be amazed at what he does in Girls mm. because he came out of nowhere in that thing. Uh, and uh, he is, I don't even know what you would call him. I don't know if hipster is the right word. Mm. The, the word that that I came, that he, he, it felt like he was off kilter in some way like maybe had some sort of i don't know uh affliction of some sort even hmm. because he's got you know he had um this these weird sexual things that he would he would be I doing remember with that lena dunt yeah. and everything <laughs> and she was he was like uh, i want you to step on my balls and uh blah 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 and she's like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> and um and uh he just had a weird manner about himself and i was like who is this guy this is such a unique performance yeah and everything and then suddenly he was everywhere yeah and i've i've professed my love for him uh before but when I saw this on Netflix, I was like, holy shit, this ridiculous... Have you heard of this movie? No. While we're young? Uh, I, I figured I'd seen all of the uh, Noah Baumbach stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but this came up and I was like, holy shit, this is really good. And there are some times where it goes over the top on you know, the age disparity and the uh, there's there's a montage of Ben Stiller playing on his phone and then Adam Driver dropping the needle on his vinyl and like they're playing uh, a board game and he's doing something uh, on his tablet or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I, I like the direction that it went. I, ben Stiller gives a really good performance in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I could get a little more Amanda Seyfried, but uh, yeah, it's a very, very high recommend. You've seen Greenberg, right? Yeah. Okay. That I was, love Is Greenberg. that Baumbach as well? Mm-hmm. Is that where he met Greta Gerwig or were they already together? Yes. That is where, that's in fact where all the marriage story stuff comes from. In fact, like some of the, some of the marriage story stuff. Comes oh, from. really? Yeah. Cause that's, uh, that's actually, I should have put that in the hilariously awkward sex scenes. Yeah. It's Greenberg definitely the, has one. Greta but Gerwig yeah. and, uh, the, and Ben uh, Stiller. That, yeah. That's the, the, the whole thing in marriage story. They don't, I mean, it's not a, it's not a major thing in, in marriage story, but they're talking about how he, he may have cheated with the, uh, the theater director. Mm-hmm who it parallels it's supposed to be paralleled to greta gerwig uh in his real life whereas you know scarlett johansson is is jennifer jason lee Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's the the interesting thing about marriage story is that uh adam driver put his own stuff in there Mm. jennifer uh uh, scarlett johansson who had just been through her second divorce put a whole bunch of her own stuff in there so it's really all three of them putting their own spin on all the characters divorce the second time so she was married to Ryan Reynolds, right? And then she was married to the one guy that she's had her kids with. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. And he, he was he was some was. like French reporter oh, guy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And they were married for I don't know three or four years, something like that. And she and I don't know. I think they have two kids. Yes. Uh, but now she's with like Colin Yost, right? Now she now he's with Colin Yost. Yeah. Um, Romaine Duriak was her. Uh, did you see uh, Bill Hader showed up to the Golden Globes with Rachel, Rachel Bilson? That's a really? hot, hot new couple. Alert. Like, yeah. I, I, I was really? after I saw something that just came, I don't know what I was looking for, but I ended up finding Bill Hader uh, out on a like date with Rachel Bilson, and they hadn't announced anything yet. Mm. And I was like, man. I guess Saturday Night Live is the place to be to get <laughs> the hottest women ever. Jason Sudeikis has Olivia Wilde. Colin Jost is going to marry Scarlett Johansson. Haters just dating Bilson. You know they're going to get Davidson. married. Pete Davidson, Kate Beckinsale, oh Ariana Grande, yeah. Cindy Crawford's daughter. I mean, he come dated on. that girl from the Nice Guys. He's had a quite a year dating. Yeah, the daughter from the Nice Guys. Yeah, what's her name? Is uh, she old enough to date Pete? Well, he's not the too. daughter. No, the you, you mean the uh, the girl they're looking for in the yellow dress? Oh, the yeah. The, uh, what's her name? Andy McDowell's daughter. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Um, but then he also is dating Cindy Crawford's daughter right now. <laughs> oh really? Uh, <laughs> oh my god! And it was weird is is that it sounds salacious, but he's super young. Oh yeah, he's like twenty one or twenty two. No. He's not that. He's not that young, no. but he's like twenty seven oh. or twenty eight or something like that. Oh, he's that old? Yeah, I thought he was in his early twenties. But remember, uh, Ariana Grande said he had a big dick. Yeah, he did. And so if I he's mean, got a did. big dick, you know. Yeah, he's twenty six. Yeah, um, women want to be with that. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I know from opposite of experience. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like Marriage Story, by the way? Yes. Yeah. Very, very good. I loved it. Oh, what line? What line? What line were you talking about? Were you talking about the argument in the apartment? The line that you were talking about that broke you? Uh, it was uh, him reading the. Who was reading it? He was reading the note. Oh, okay. Or the yeah, the yeah, things that yeah. she. There was liked, two things in there that I thought where he breaks. He breaks during that. Apartment. It, it, it's like there's only two minutes left in the whole fucking movie, and I was like, I made it. Th- oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch this thing. Oh, yeah. it's so good. It's really good. That uh, whole being alive thing like gave me chills. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! It, 
I think you'd like this movie. All right. Yeah. I am a big fan of divorce. <laughs> That's true. It's very true. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So here's a movie that I'm sure I'm wrong about. I'm wreck a warning it, meaning that I enjoyed most of it, but a hidden life. Mm. This is the Terrence Malick movie. Terrence Malick. Kind of- oh, boy. I, I, okay, at the hour and 45 mark of this movie, I was like, okay, there's not much left in this guy's story, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know, Hidden Life is about a guy who lives in Austria and after Germany, I think it's after Germany has invaded, uh, all the soldiers, Austrian soldiers have to uh, pay their fealty to Hitler in uh, World War II. And, uh, and he has come back from whatever, like he's been in war and whatever. He comes back to his wife and his kids. And um, the the town uh, is collecting some sort of tax, sort basically a fealty tax. Um, uh, and he said, and he uh, initially goes to all the priests in town, and he's like, can, "Is there a way that I can not do that? Mm. Uh, because I." don't believe in what hitler's doing i'm not saying i'm right i'm just saying that i'd rather not you know give money to this cause but the priests are scared too so Mm. they're they're all kind of like i don't think there's a way around this and the town starts getting progressively more angry at him because he's not doing this he's not paying his debt his his debts and everything and uh eventually uh germany actually calls calls him in basically sends him a letter and says you need to come in and have a trial and all that and his wife is like let's just leave let's just escape and let's do that and and this guy has got so much integrity that he's like no we're not running Hmm. i'm not running anywhere i'm just gonna say i don't want to do this Hmm. and so there are a number of people the mayor of his town is telling him you know nobody nobody on the high, uh, in the high higher ups know that you're doing this you're just doing this for no reason essentially nobody nobody's going to follow you nobody's going to care mm. so just do it and then a lot of people do that whole thing like why don't you just say it and not mean it that's what everybody else is doing he, this guy is just a man of integrity he's very honest very truthful so he's not going to do it to a fault obviously mm. it's to a fault everybody else in the world would say you know, of course I don't believe this. Even God knows that I don't believe this. Mm. Uh, so hour and 45 minutes in the movie, he's called in to do this, to have this trial for it. And actually it's less than that. It's, I think it's about 45 minutes in, but about an hour and 45 minutes in, I was like, okay, he's in jail. Uh, he's only got like, uh, I think he's got the, the real trial left and he's got maybe an appeal or something and that's it. And we see the effects that it has on his family back home. Of course, everybody hates her, hates his wife and uh, mm. and everybody. And she's she's out there like threshing fields with all these other people. I think it's sort of a I don't know how I don't know how this farm is set up, but it looks like everybody sort of helps out and mm. does stuff. And she's out there like threshing wheat and all that. But like the people who are who are out there with her are like, you know, there's one woman who like actually wants to kill her at one point. Mm. There's a bunch of other people who are just yelling at her and, and everything. And then, and, uh, you know, they obviously unpopular people. Uh, 
and he's in jail and we see that you know things are things are not great it doesn't look it's not like shawshank redemption though where it's where it shows him constantly getting beaten up or any other kind of bad things that happen in jail and everything it's just that he's there and we sympathize with him but man this movie is two hours and 50 minutes long Mm. and once it gets to that hour and 45 minute mark i was like oh it's got 30 minutes tops but it's got a whole hour jesus and i was like this movie's beautiful i believe in everything this guy is doing i wouldn't do it myself i'm not nearly that strong to Mm. do that I believe everything that guy's doing. What a man of integrity. This is somebody that we all should emulate at some point because it would do a lot of good in the world. But there's only so many times that someone can tell him what you're doing. They tell him three times, three different people tell him three different times. This is, you're not doing anything that's changing anything. Mm. Nobody cares, all that. But it looks like it might affect it. The Malik shows these characters in sort of a, usually after this guy leaves the room sort of in a reflective mode, like, Mm. wow, this guy's doing something amazing. I couldn't do that. We're going to have to send him to death, but man, it's a a great thing. And, uh, and, and so it, it, it keep it does stuff like that. There's a point where when the the main character talks, I was like, God, how long has it been since we've actually seen this guy talk? (laughs) Because we don't, I I did not have an emotional root in his, in this guy's fate at all, and I should have. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like I'm wrong about this movie, because it seems like everybody else in the world, we had Dave Irwin in here talking about how he cried nearly. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't have it. I should have had the absolute, like, just the worst feeling, like, while this guy's in, in jail and everything. But we don't hear his... We don't hear we we know what he feels because mm-hmm. he's what of it what he's doing, but there's not any like it didn't feel like it hammered at home through his own thoughts and his own t- and yeah there's thoughts because it's he's writing letters back and forth, but it's not really a lot of like this is why I'm doing this hmm. or this is you know this is why I can't do this. We just know he's a man of integrity, so I just kind of like even there's a there's a scene even when he does get beaten, but it's like it's first person perspective hmm. and it's slow motion and like in there's no sound and you just see like the other people like like in his cell like looking on as he's getting beaten we don't ever get to see him like his face bloodied or bruised hmm. or anything like that so there was it feels like nothing hmm. happened hmm. it feels like nothing no impact whatsoever um it just it's just strange that movie's strange to me i was sitting there going this is a work of art but then I was like, how long can you look like if you went to the Louvre and you looked at the Mona Lisa, how long could you look at the Mona Lisa? Yeah, I don't know. How, how long could you just sit there and just stare at it? Because three seconds. That's I mean, yeah, you're going to be there. You're going to be there. You're going to be there. You're in the, when you go there, you're going to end up going about five to ten minutes because you want to feel like you experienced it. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though it's behind a big glass fucking thing. <laughs> and, you you know, it's made it, everybody's making sure nobody steals that motherfucker. Uh, but you, you're going to go in there and you're like, you look at it and you may go back and look at it one more time. And then you're like, okay, I've, I've pretty much seen that shit. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Cause I've rarely heard you say a criticism of a movie is that it's too long. Mm-hmm. Like you're typically, you know, the guy that's like, you know, I, they wanted to tell the story and it took that long to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it sounds like this one, 
this one stretched the boundaries. There. Yeah, and I don't know. Like we we always talk about what are we feeling at the time, what is our experience with the movie, all these different things. There could be different factors that come in and everything. I just feel like this guy's story is told by the hour and forty five minute mark, mm. and then there's a whole hour after that, and you're like, you 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 pretty much know this guy's never going to to budge. You know he's not going to. This is not a spoiler. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like this is a spoiler. You watch the movie, you know there's no budging here. So really your only like outside possible thing is like, well, maybe the war will end or maybe uh but then you're like you're looking at the year and it's like nineteen forty three and you're mm -hmm. like, Yeah This guy's doomed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This guy is doomed. And you, you start you start thinking, Well, maybe there's something that'll happen. Maybe his wife will be able to will be able to convince them or maybe somebody from the town you know like we need this guy all this stuff you know there'll be something that comes out of that and that's your only like semi suspense in the whole movie um and it's not really though it's not mm. really much suspense at all because you just kind of know where this guy's headed and uh this you know malik malik is uh you know dreamlike narration mm-hmm talking over a whole bunch of other actions happening on the screen i feel like nolan by the way has borrowed a lot from malik over mm -hmm. the years because a lot of those scenes where you see these handheld camera low angle shots and people are talking over these little yeah you know scenes that's something that nolan is very known for mm. and everything and so that's what you're, you're fascinated by his camera work how beautiful it looks everybody looks just everybody's like a a real person it mm. feels like in this so it's like a great movie but it takes way too long to end i don't understand it it just it just i was like at, yeah like i said uh, at that mark i was like there's there's nothing left to tell yeah we know how it affects his family we know he's he's not gonna budge there's not anybody that's gonna help him so <laughs> let's wrap it up terry yes interesting <laughs> interesting <laughs> Huh. So, wreck a warn. Wreck a warn. It's a wreck a warn, and look, it's got a seven point seven on the IMDb. I've heard many people say how great this movie is. It's in their top five of of two thousand nineteen. Mm. Not in mine as of yet. And mm. may, maybe, maybe one day I'll give it another chance. But the problem with movies like this, two hours and fifty two minutes. Yeah, you have to give it another chance for three hours. Yeah. That's twenty <laughs> minutes longer than Bad Boys Two. All right. <laughs> At least Bad Boys 2 had explosions. <laughs> that was the most interminable movie I think I've ever seen. Oh, God damn. No, it was, it was so uh, fucking long. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, 1917. Boom. Oh, yeah. Uh, get the to a theater and experience this film. Um, you know how I always like to praise... That scene in Lost World Jurassic Park when Richard Schiff is up there trying to do anything he can to save that camper from going over the cliff. And mm -hmm. he's like tying the rope to the camper and then he ties it to the tree and then it comes undone from the tree. And he's got to go and gets the Jeep and he ties it to the Jeep and he's trying to back up. And then, of course, the T-Rex comes and bites him. Yeah. Uh, but that whole segment of him trying everything he can and just having to deal with, you know, unexpected changes and consequence. This is a, 1917 is a whole movie of that. Huh. Um. I, I said I may not watch it again. I probably will, but it... 1917 was the number of times I lost my breath in this movie. Uh, really? This movie made me anxious. I forgot within 20 minutes that I really wanted originally to try and see if I could spot where the cuts were, because mm -hmm. this is a film that's presented as a one-shot, uh, and I started it out 
hoping, oh, I hope I can spot one of the cuts or something or figure out where he And by 20 minutes in, I, I forgot all about that shit. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they have to, the basic premise is these two soldiers in World War One are, are sent on a mission to go notify these this other British unit not to do an attack because they're going to get ambushed and killed. There's mm. like a thousand of them, and one of them is one of this guy's brother. Um, and it's almost a suicide mission. Um, uh, one of the first things is they have to cross no man's land, which is harrowing. Mm. And then they get over to the other side only to find out the Germans are gone, but they booby trapped everything. Oh, fuck. Um, and it's just one thing after another that they have to deal with. You've seen in the trailer where the airplanes kind of come in at the barn or whatever. Mm-hmm. That scene starts out as, oh, look, there's two planes fighting. And then it becomes, oh, shit, one's going to crash on top of us. <laughs> um, and it's just, it took my breath away. I would say, I, I've been sitting on Booksmart all year is my favorite movie of the year. Uh-huh. And this one might topple it. That's really? why I want to watch it again, because I don't think I can watch a movie once and determine its status over the whole year if I think it's that good. I've seen Booksmart like five times now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was rip. You've seen it. Yeah, 1917 is fucking fantastic. Yeah. I, I was... A little worried about this. I mean, the trailers made me want to see this because trailers were just awesome. But, um, but like, I was a little apprehensive. It seems like, um, directors always, like, big directors always are like, I've got to make my war movie. Yeah. Like, everybody's, everybody yep. who's big has their one war movie, yep. right? Uh, and, and, and they're trying to make a war movie that's the best war movie ever every time they make one. But uh, I, while I wouldn't say that this is probably the best mo- war movie of all time, it's certainly up there. It's yeah. one of those. It's one of those great ones. And yeah, that that one take thing you for, sort of forget about after a while. It it, it you, you it's hard not to think about it during the first twenty minutes because it's very sl- slow paced and you know, people are just walking down like a little bunker and and everything. But um. But then once they get outside of that and everything, you're right. The no man's land thing is like, oh my God, you know, like they just had battles here two days ago. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and they're going through like it's, they're going through a, just a horror land, man. Just mm. people just mangled bodies Body parts. everywhere yeah. and just, uh, you know, like twisted in like, you know, like wire fences and stuff like that. Wow. And, and uh but yeah he's right like everything that comes up is like here's some other challenge that they have to have to deal with you you think a mile and a half there's not really that much that can happen right but god there's so much that <laughs> oh it's a mile and a half that yeah. they have to cover yeah wow wow it's great the last 20 minutes some of the best filmmaking i've ever seen yeah wow yeah, it's a mile and a half, but I'm pretty sure that's not like a straight line. It's it's they have to go around. So they definitely walk longer than a mile and a yeah, half. Yeah, I see. But this is sorry, but that, that's just this it. is loosely based on a story uh, his grandfather told him. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. Um. So I think that's pretty fascinating. Anytime there's any kind of nugget of truth to to something, I think it. it attaches itself to me more to think about the possibility that what these guys are going through was actually what those two guys went through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. He must have been working on this for a while, right? Because what has Sam Mendes done outside of uh, Bond recently? Well, Bond, I think, was his last one before this. The the Yeah, and then he had one somewhere sandwiched. Inspector? He, yeah, had, Spectre. he had one sandwiched in between Road to Perdition and uh, the Bond, which was Away We Go. 
Um, what was Away We Go? That was the John Krasinski. Um, oh, that's Maya right. Maya Rudolph. Yeah, movie. I like that one. Yeah, it's, it's good. a good movie. Uh, he's got a really good, he's only got 10 credits. He did a TV movie, Cabaret, then American Beauty, mm-hmm. Road to Perdition, Jarhead, yep. mm-hmm. Revolutionary Road, mm-hmm. Away We Go, which you haven't seen, but it's really good, uh, Skyfall, Spectre, that's yeah. the only blot that's in the, the 1917. Yeah. Guy's got a stellar record. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Damn. He's awesome. I think, uh, are there any other, oh, you said that you watched a movie, a German movie that was in one shot, or one, technically one shot, Yeah, right? I can't, I don't remember the name of it, but it has uh, Laia Costa in it, who's in uh, Duck Butter. That one was really one shot, though, right? That was really one shot. Right. That this was, was like 40 shots, I think. Yeah, to to actually have to make a to make a war movie with actual one shot, that would have been Yeah. <laughs> Apparently though it didn't take them too long, too many takes to no. do each one of these. And I think even doing 40 takes is fucking impressive because some of these takes are you, like some of these takes in 1917, you know there's no cut because there's no possible way they could have cut. It's just a long ass fucking take. Mhm. Mm. Mm. Good shit, man. Wow, that's high praise. I would I would Inject that shit into your vein with a needle. All right. It's on It's on the, the docket. It's on like Donkey Kong. Yes. I've got one more recommend. I've got another warrant. Go ahead. Porno, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is, is the, the conceit of this show, Mrs. Fletcher. It's on HBO right now. Oh, is now. this the Catherine Hahn? Catherine Hahn. Okay. Yes. And uh, it's really, really good. I don't know anything about this. Okay. So Catherine Hahn plays Who's a- Catherine Hahn? Catherine Hahn is the roll you up and put you in my vagina in uh, Step Brothers. Adam Adam Scott's wife. She's in Anchorman. She's like, he will read anything. I know exactly who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So she's this wonderful comedic actress that's been around for for a while. Uh, And she finally gets like uh, uh, her her leading moment. It's it's Nicole Hofcenter. Is that her name? Hollis Center. Hollis Center. uh, Who's been around for forever, too. And uh, so the conceit is that she is a a single mom divorced from a guy from Kicking and Screaming. uh, I think one of the guys from Kicking and Screaming. And uh, her son is just going away to college. And so she works at like a, a, a retirement home is the administrator, too. And she's got kind of like a ho-hum life. And then it shows her getting her kid ready for college. It seems like they have a pretty good relationship. They're talking. They're, you know, eating a meal and stuff like that. It's his last day before he goes off. Then we he goes yeah, like, OK, I'm uh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends for the rest of the night. She's all despondent because it's just her and him. And it's the last night understandably he wants to hang out with his friends we we then find out this kid is a fucking asshole Mm. he's a bully he is like sexually a little bit aggressive Mm. uh he is just like a bro like a a bro in almost the worst sense of the the word right but you know Catherine, we see it through the lens of the mom and and he can do no wrong that kind of thing uh the then it goes into him going to college and figuring out he's not the big fish anymore and knocking him down a peg and that kind of thing. That's his story. Mom's story is that she's sexually repressed. She's been pouring all of herself into this dude, this the, her son, this whole time, at the expense of like her own satisfaction or anything. And so she's kind of like, she, hear, she hears her son getting a blowjob. She... She hears her son. So uh, the girlfriend comes over and everything, and she's like packing the car and everything. She's exasperated. She knocks on the bedroom door, and she hears him say, "Like suck that dick, you dirty slut." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and she's repulsed, but she's like yeah, just backing away. She's like, whatever. Uh, and then at the end of the, the, the beginning episode, the first episode. It's a show, not a it's movie. It's a show, yeah. I think it's be about up. eight, ten episodes or whatever. Um, and it shows her like accidentally herself onto porn on her laptop. And she's like immediately, and by the way, they it's like in uh, Euphoria, like they'll show the dicks, they'll show the the fucking and stuff All like right. that, at least briefly. And uh, she like immediately closes, she's like, ah! and then she opens it up back up, and she keeps on watching, mm-hmm. and she gets into it, and mm-hmm. she is now hooked. It's hooked in a way that is healthier than what you see in something like Don John or something like mm-hmm. that, where where it's like an addiction and where it's problematic and stuff like mm-hmm. that. This is a somewhat healthy outlet for her was that movie called don john yes yes because yeah that, the joseph gordon levin mm-hmm. why did that movie completely evaporate from existence <laughs> in my life don it's not john. a bad movie go ahead sorry uh but yeah it's a really fascinating portrait of a woman that's that's using pornography in a way that could be potentially healthy for her and it's also showing a kid that was sexually promiscuous and basically got whatever he wanted and how that changes as he becomes assimilated into a larger context. Very, very good. Catherine Hahn is really amazing in this hmm. role. She is uh, a lot more nuanced than what you see in like over top, over the top stepbrothers mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, she's hilarious, but she's also like really, really. Did this just good. start? Like yeah, started uh, well about uh, a few months ago, I think. So it's more than one episode in. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's. I can binge that shit to catch up. Excellent. Uh, Casey Wilson, who I love very mm-hmm. much, uh, plays her best friend and everything. There's there's just a really good supporting cast all around. This is a big recommend. Okay. Right. I've oh. seen I've seen pieces of it because I I'll record. I was recording something else on hbo and i can't remember what it came just before but uh i would i saw i've seen like last scenes of uh, a couple episodes and uh-huh. like, oh, yeah this might be something that's up my alley yeah know. it's interesting so it's uh seven episodes uh and they've all aired already i've oh, only seen and it's a half hour show mm-hmm. yeah i've only seen the first two i'm gonna binge the shit out of this yeah yeah all yeah right um uh yeah i also watched um i've seen a million things in the past two weeks <laughs> i know man you guys lists are insane <laughs> oh my god like i gave dicer a, a top five um before december or whatever it was because he does the thing for sif pop and uh and while not a lot of that i mean some of like i think my top two haven't changed i might have to change a lot of my other in the, the top five and everything oh, yeah. that i gave him so yeah, it's kind of hard to remember everything that I've watched. Uh <laughs> but uh but Honey Boy was one that I watched. Ooh. Ah, the buff, the beef. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf uh writing about basically I guess himself. Um and uh Lucas Hedges plays him, uh, plays you know not shia labeouf but plays shia the- cauliflower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um uh let me let me let me see the actual character name uh otis is what they call him and uh, uh noah jupe who is also in a uh, quiet place plays the younger version of him oh. all the way through this uh it's sort of a flashback back and forth we see lucas hedges who has a lot in common you've, you've seen goodwill hunting and everything like a lot of different uh mannerisms and everything like matt damon does and hmm. that because there's something that's obviously bothering him and afflicting him and everything. Uh, 
but uh, when he's flashing back, he'll flash back to his younger self. And Shia LaBeouf plays this kid's father hmm. based on his own father, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, like it's about how uh, when he when he there's a there's a, a wreck, a car wreck that happens early on in this. And obviously we know LaBeouf himself had a famous car wreck where he had uh, some like up and coming actress in his in his passenger seat at the time. And uh, he resisted arrest and uh, started ha- getting into a lot of trouble back in these back in those days and mm-hmm. everything. This is almost nearly exact thing happens in the movie. Um, and, you know, you've, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen him where he's in the he's in the backseat of the cop car and he's like, because you do not know how good I am at the things I do <laughs> and all that stuff um and uh and he goes to they they make him uh have mandatory counseling uh where uh he discovers that he's been diagnosed with some sort of ptsd and Hmm. he doesn't know exactly what that is and you can see him he's he's kind of like you know working through all of these problems at this place laura san giacomo of all all people are is his uh is uh psychologist wow this. uh i haven't seen her in forever yeah. is she from huh what is she from uh movies in the 90s yeah movies a long time ago i hadn't seen huh. her in forever um but uh but uh yeah he he knows that he's had some sort of ptsd and he knows that i think he has to write stuff down and like what happened back then and everything and so like he's thinking about all these things. and shia labeouf playing his dad in this like i feel like LaBeouf would probably get Oscar consideration if he wasn't Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like it's one of those type of things because he's so good in this. He is the type of asshole father that's not like quite. He doesn't. When he crosses the line, uh, emotionally abusive for sure. it never seems like he's physically abusive or anything, but, uh, he does get to that point, but like, it's just right on that, that cusp where he's just like, not quite going too far over the line, Mm. but he's making fun of his kid, making fun of his, his, his little dick that he has at at 11 years old and stuff like that. And like, uh, berating him and, and like, you know, he's apparently doing this, um, because his kid has quote hired him to do this because he's not really a, uh, he's not a father. He doesn't have like any custody or anything like that. It's just that he's the only one that has the time to be able, and we'll do it obviously for any kind of money, mm. uh, to, to, to take his kid to auditions and to, to, uh, to movie sets and all that. But he's just an overbearing, demanding, uh, father uh and and you just see how you just see how him growing up with this kind of person is just a bad unhealthy thing and everything uh and um and so like it's it's one of those it's very episodic it's not really a plot driven type of movie or anything a lot of just like this is what happened that day and this one he's got a the the kid 
has a big brother played by uh, Clifton Collins in this. Oh, wow. And uh, so uh, there's a lot of like friction there between the big brother and the and the father because the big brother is doing all the cool shit that the father can't do and everything. Hmm. There's a great moment though with him and Shia LaBeouf when the kid finally is like sort of like asserting himself for with uh, 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 with his father and everything. That's heartbreaking. Hmm. It's some heartbreaking stuff. Um, it's really well done. It's not the greatest movie of all time or anything like that, but it's very very good. Do you think um, he might get a writing nomination? I I mean there there are things in this movie that definitely deserve it, but I don't I just don't feel like LaBeouf has sort of paid his penance mm. to Hollywood it yet. It kind of felt to me when the before the movie came out, it felt to me like Hollywood was gearing up to to like write a new story for him like this movie might you know reinvigorate his career and his standing in hollywood's eyes because it was only a couple years ago he was doing all the crazy art shit where people could come in and do whatever they wanted to him in the private room and then everybody was and he was watching all of his own movies in a marathon and streaming it and doing that meme where where he's in front of a green screen Uh and i don't think he was in a very good place there and I think the narrative that I was expecting was that writing and acting in this movie was was going to quiet some of those demons mm-hmm. and right his ship, so to speak. But maybe that's... What did he do besides unusual stuff, which we've seen with James Franco? Like, what did he do that was so offensive to Hollywood? Well, he's been... He had arrests for assault. I think he's been in fights with paparazzi. Um, oh, yeah. He had a, there was drug yeah, stuff. There was a, yeah, there was a story of him getting in a fight with Tom Hardy during the uh, that one movie. Uh, it was that, uh, it was it Lawless, was it called? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Lawless. Uh, there was a story about them having a fight, and he was just in general just an unruly. And, and also after Transformers, like during Transformers, there was a point where he said something about doing Transformers movies that was sort of like disrespectful to mm-hmm. Spielberg and to Michael Bay. I mean, yeah, I mean, Michael Bay may seem like the type of guy that deserves that kind of disrespect, mm-hmm. but no, when you're an actor and you're, you, you don't you made a lot of money off of him. Yeah. Too. You don't, you don't go and yeah, you don't bite the hand that feeds you and mm-hmm. everything. Um, and, and and so there was a lot of that. He said he fe- he seemed ungrateful. He was always in trouble and all that. Now he's sort of come back. He had Peanut Butter Falcon came out earlier mm. this year. Is another one that I need to see still. Uh, and this and it looks like he's sort of making his comeback. But I don't know if it's if it's if it's gotten to the point where like I'm ready to award this guy some something for his hmm. work or anything. I don't think he's gotten to that point. He needs to have that one big movie that seems like it just. He's finally back. And there I mean, was also, I just was Googling to see what else I had forgotten. He's had some plagiarism accu- accusations for like the first movie he made. Apparently, really? uh, a lot of sites like the AV Club and whatnot pointed out that um, his movie appeared to be lifted from another movie. So hmm. then he issued an apology. And even his apology was plagiarized from a post in 2010 on Yahoo Answers. <laughs> and so that may be part of why the industry has been giving him the cold yeah, yeah. shoulder, uh, because they don't, I don't think they take too kindly to plagiarism. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. just a, there's just a lot that's problematic about him. And in, and, you know, it's just like, I, while I don't know if he's done anything as bad as maybe a Mel Gibson or somebody like that, um, even though Hollywood was ready to just 
love Mel Gibson again once yeah. he came out with Hacksaw Ridge and everything. Mm. Uh, I don't know if Shia LaBeouf's made that. He needs to make a what's going to end up if he gets back into the public eye and people start looking at him favorably is when if he somehow makes a movie where he's awesome in it and it makes a ton of money and mm-hmm. and uh you know people are like you know start writing writing those think pieces you yeah, know like yeah. oh yeah you know um, maybe we should uh, take a look at this guy's career different different way. <laughs> I'll you tell know. you what what I, we're talking about when we talk about Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he exactly. was great he was great I saw him first in Holes and he was great yeah and then when Transformers came out and I still think that movie is enjoyable I remember thinking this is perfect in this role like he's really I think he's a really talented charming actor mm-hmm. and i would like to see him get back well yeah the when i first uh saw him uh it was during well not i don't know if it was the first time i saw him i saw i think holes was my first experience with him as well because i didn't see any of that even stevens Me bullshit either, or anything yeah. like that but like um uh i think it was right after holes where he was on that first project green light oh yeah the battle of shaker heights battle of shaker heights uh and Pulled they, that out of my ass and they went through a whole bunch of like you know they went through a whole bunch of casting i think they were trying to get emile hirsch at one point mm. all these people and they ended up getting shia labeouf and i remember seeing scenes where they're where they're showing some takes of his and everything i was like this guy is charming as fuck yeah. man yeah. he's gonna be great he's gonna be our next one of our next big actors mm. and everything and i remember even a, I remember even a like something coming out of about him where he was like uh this guy is like the anti-Hollywood and he doesn't do any drugs and he doesn't go out to clubs and all that. And I swear to God, it was like the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Shia LaBeouf arrested at club for yeah, doing drugs. Right. <laughs> oh, I don't know about the drug allegations, by the way, so I'm not saying that lightly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just know that he became a troubled person after that That article came out sometime after that so and then he did nymphomaniac he did i'm contractually obligated to mention that movie he bragged about it i remember before that movie like he was happy he was gonna do nudity and like show his dick and then i don't (laughs) think he even did well no he didn't because all the uh sex in that that is all the like explicit stuff is our porn stars that he hired but labeouf did uh audition for this movie by I think sending Lars von Trier uh, sex tapes. Oh, really? Well, that sounds uh, right. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's two, like, that's two peas in a pod right Lars there. Lars von Trier's probably received like a hundred unsolicited <laughs> sex tapes over the years. He probably has. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I want to warn yeah. quickly. I won't, I won't spend a lot of time on this, but I did watch uh, 75% of uh, the movie Hunter Killer last night. Oh, yeah. This is the this is the uh, Gerard Butler. So of course, oh, yeah. So of course, this you know looks, this movie's bonkers. This <laughs> looks so insane. It is insane. It, uh, it purports to be a submarine movie, but that's really only about a quarter of it. Gerard Butler is a sub-captain. But there's a whole shit ton that takes place in some kind of situation room with Gary Oldman, who's phoning it in. God love him. <laughs> and then there's all this shit taking place with these Russian dudes. And then there's a president. <laughs> I was disappointed in how little sub action there was. Yeah. Um, because for 40 minutes, it went away from the sub. And I was like, well, isn't Gerard Butler in this movie? <laughs> not good. Not fun. I'm not going to go back and finish the 25% I missed. But I did want to bring this movie up to point out the continued misuse of Linda Cardellini. Hmm. I have seen, we, we have joked before <laughs> with Daddy's Home 1 and 2 and then the MCU, how underused she is. Mm-hmm. She's just the token annoyed wife in the Daddy's Home movies. She barely has any screen time in the MCU. Well, I watched Green Book 
a week ago. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and she's the wife he calls two or three times throughout the movie. Yep. Vigo's wife? That, yes. That's that's it. She's got like three scenes. What's up with that? Co- completely underused. And in Hunter Killer, at least she's not the wife. What What is she's she? She's some kind of military situation room underling who's under Gary Oldman, but above everybody who's sitting down. So she's just constantly walking around, barking these generic orders. Do we have audio? Turn that up. <laughs> Zoom in on that. Can we get audio? What about audio? Do we have audio? Turn that up. And it's just like, I feel so bad for her because she's such a good actress. But well, I feel like 10 years, we've just been misusing her. I feel this. I feel, I feel this way about uh, Linda Carlini. And I feel this way about Judy Greer. Yes. Same same thing all every single time it seems like they're cast in movies and it's just like let's give you something token so people will be like hey it's the girl from archer yeah and like and uh <laughs> and so like uh it's it's weird like uh there's a scene in um in barry and i can't remember which episode it is and what season it is even though we've done whole podcasts <laughs> on this but uh but there's a scene where sarah goldberg is uh playing is uh is in this uh there's this um uh reel that she gives she has that her her agency makes for her of all these things that she's in and everything and like there's just all these clips one's like a sci-fi movie where it's like the 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 uh, husband is saying a bunch of stuff and she's like you need to go i'll stay here or something <laughs> like that and that's all she has that's the only line she has and then like uh, then there's like a law show where a guy's like, you've worked hard and it's just showing the law guy. You've worked hard. You're damn good at your job and everything, but you are the finest that we have to offer. And it's like these three just mega hotties that are up in the, that are like right there in the, in these seats. And then she comes in and she's like, you got a phone call online. <laughs> 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 and like it, it sound it, it, the 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 point of that basically is saying that it, you know it doesn't matter how cute Sarah Goldberg's character is in that Sally mm-hmm. uh it doesn't matter like how cute she is and everything compared to these women she's not hot enough or whatever and that's what I feel like has happened to Linda Carlini and Judy Greer is mm. that is that they're not pretty enough to be the the lead mm. or like have bigger roles even though they obviously have the talent yeah. to to carry things and yeah. everything. It's just they don't have the name recognition they don't have some sort of whatever it factor it is mm-hmm. but they need to be more than this yep for sure i, I agree. agree i agree mm-hmm. she was really good and do Scooby we have audio Doo. can you turn that up <laughs> that reminds me of the the dave Chappelle skit where he's the rapper in the in the uh, the booth, and he's like, "Turn the music up in my headphones. Turn the music up, dog. Turn the music up. Uh, uh. Turn the music up. Turn the music up." <laughs> and so he goes, and he's like, "Huh, huh." And then he gets all ready, and then the track drops out because they've obviously <laughs> the, the track. Was, he's like, "Oh, dog. What happened? To, what?" And then he gets back on. He's like, "Oh, turn it up. Turn it up." <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some likewise. Woo! An app that yeah. you can put on your phone. It's an app. It's an app. It's. A- it's an app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey guys, I got apps. <laughs> this is very cool, man. This is uh, so it's it's basically like a concierge type of thing for movies, for podcasts, for books, <clears throat> and for restaurants. 
you basically tell it what you like, the mm-hmm. things that you you dig, the movies that you like, the books that you like, the podcasts and the the food that you like, and it starts recommending stuff and it and it builds over time. It starts saying like, okay, well you like this type of movie. Uh, here's what we're going to recommend. Uh, here's something that's playing in theaters. Here's something that's playing on the the streaming services and that kind of thing. And it's awesome. The really cool part about this is that I clicked on Oh Brother Where Art Thou recently. Mm-hmm. And it shows you everywhere that it's streaming, like YouTube and Netflix and that kind of thing. And then it says associated titles, and it gave me all these Coen Brothers recommendations, too. So if you're if you're kind of looking for something different based on something that you like, this is the app that you want to get likewise. Yeah, that's pretty handy, too, because um, <clears throat> it's not just a recommendation thing. It's that having all those handy links and mm-hmm. information about where everything is streaming, uh, which is super helpful in today's world of 82 different streaming services that are out there and if you know what you want to watch this app can help you get there i played around with restaurants and i was pretty impressed because i didn't i didn't favorite a bunch of them just Mm. a handful but then the recommendations that came back were now the app doesn't know that i've already been to those places but it was suggesting more places that were similar that i also love Uh, so even out of the gate without having to do much learning it's giving me good advice Mm -hmm. so when when you when you we talk about you know this is a Jeremy movie you should watch this movie this is right up your alley that's a human version yeah. and this is an app version <laughs> that probably is even better than the human version in predicting <laughs> what you're actually gonna like yeah a lot of times it's hard like you watch something and you're like man are there any other movies like that out there mm-hmm. and then and then sometimes you know like yeah you need something like this to put in and you go and you and it goes hey have you watched this and you're like oh wow I didn't even heard of that yeah one yeah, yeah yeah you know so it's one of those type of things where you know it's good to have those kind of suggestions mm-hmm. you know hey this is you like this you like this yeah yeah, yeah. So really and it'll give you ratings on on uh, the movies and things like that. Uh, the podcast actually go ahead and when you download, likewise on Google Play or the the App Store or wherever, uh, go ahead and say that you like Sincast, and it will start <laughs> recommending other things. When I put in Sincast into mine, because I like that podcast a lot, of course, uh, it recommended uh, podcasts like Malton on Movies, oh nice, which we love very much. It's a great podcast with uh, Leonard and Jesse Malton. So this is very very cool. All you have to do is go to the App Store or the the Google Android app place, download it, and start using it today. Basically, you uh, you just answer a few questions about what you do like, the types of things that you like, and it starts building that kind of algorithm. And it's very cool. Um, should we also mention that it's free? Yeah. Because I don't want people thinking that, you know, they have to buy something. Exactly. Uh, it's a free download. Uh, and, uh, you know, check it out. There's no, there's no risk there. Yeah. And also, if you're, if you're on the webs, if you're like on the, you're surfing the webs, mm-hmm. as the kids say, mm-hmm. uh, you can go to likewise.com slash syncast. Mm. Uh, and that'll basically tell them that, uh, that we sent you there. So, uh, do that if you're, if you're doing the surfing, if you're, or if you're, like, if huh? you're, if you use apps on your, you know, non-mobile device right, on right, your right. laptop or mm-hmm. your desktop. Go that way to get your app, and and they'll know that uh, you know we done good. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we haven't done a recasting in a while. Yeah. Uh, the Hunt for Red October came out almost thirty years ago. It yeah, came crazy. out in March of nineteen ninety. Yeah, I saw it at the old Fountain Square Theater. Wow. That's wow. where I saw that it. That was the the new hotness back yeah, in man. 1990. It was. And I remember uh, getting tickets to that movie and then going to a bookstore nearby and seeing the Hunt for Red October book. And I uh-huh. bought that, too. It's um, Clancy, right? Yeah, it's Clancy. Yeah. 
answer. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're gonna recast the Hunt for Red October. <laughs> there are a lot of like great roles to to fill. Yeah. in this and everything. You, you, first, you're like, oh yeah, Alec Baldwin, Sean Connery. That's it, right? No, there's millions more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could have. I almost cast a guy in the mini sub who says, "I think somebody just fired a missile." Yeah, <laughs> like I've seen this movie so many times, I almost cast the whole that, fucking thing. Uh, that's a that's a guy actually not to rain on everybody's parade but uh recently died that guy um hmm. what's his name or no maybe maybe i'm thinking of somebody else oh fuck uh you're thinking of the guy from benson aren't you uh maybe who's on star trek yeah that's who i'm thinking of yeah. it's not the same guy. he's got a french name i can't ever remember it mm. he, cl- he played clayton indicott the third on benson <laughs> yeah and then he's been in i watched a i'll lot tell of you benson. what's amazing is that you knew exactly who i was talking about <laughs> Even though it's not the same guy, but it looks like that it guy. It looks like that guy. That's and hilarious. I remember seeing his his death notice a week ago or so. <laughs> this uh, is interesting because you guys have seen this movie millions of times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had guys- this on VHS and used to <laughs> pop it in all the fucking time. That's, uh, you know, we're all right around the same age range. And it's something that I should have also done i've seen this movie probably about seven eight times all the way through i've seen clips of it millions of times but i'm certainly not as super crazy like know all the dialogue like you guys are Mm -hmm. but i love it yeah and i'm excited for this it's good stuff and it's what's funny about this exercise is that it's one of the most perfectly cast movies already it really is (laughs) everybody you think of like that'd be great but are they gonna be better than the original well I uh, actually thought about uh, casting some people who were already in the original. To Just putting them in different roles? Well, I actually thought of putting Joss Ackland back into his <laughs> ambassador role. Oh, yeah. He's still with us. He's 92, 91, 92 yeah. years old. Wow. Yeah. You try to think of who would be, who would replace Joss Ackland in yeah. this? Like, <laughs> um, I'll go ahead. Um, so um, for Jack Ryan, I... I I was thinking we got to have somebody that's got that spirit of Alec Baldwin who can like not only has a playful nature, but can, but you feel like he could also have the intelligence Mm -hmm. of, of someone in his station and everything, but someone young, because this is hunt for October is definitely the story. And I don't remember if the, I don't think the book did the book was the book about how young he was and like how, green he was like yeah. just getting mm-hmm. in because all he's doing at this point is writing books for yeah. the cia that's yeah. all he's doing um so uh so like we need somebody young and we need somebody who who is still old enough to be able to be thrown onto a sub a submarine and like do do important things and all that so i have michael b jordan oh, playing jack nice. ryan excellent choice yeah uh michael b jordan i i can see him doing all the humor in this alec baldwin is so fucking funny yeah in yeah. hunt for october yeah. you, you you may forget that but he's especially considering all the jack ryans that come have come after him all of them are of, of course harrison ford his, <laughs> his his dour his dour how dare you sir and all that a lot then, of it is from cluelessness right like even though he's book smart like uh like when he when ramius like tells him to to uh get on the station and all that stuff and turn the sub around mm-hmm. like he's he's completely clueless but but that kind of fish out of water thing. Turn that dial there. <laughs> Turn it left. Yeah. Um, but but just enough street smarts though mm-hmm. to know that Ramius is defecting, mm-hmm. which is something that nobody 
uh analyzing the the whole situation realizes is happening and everything um for marco ramius i now i really tried to find russian actors for this wow um and i couldn't find them yeah. <laughs> well there certainly wasn't one in the original well no <laughs> no not at all uh nipa ruski um <laughs> but uh there's a I, I couldn't find one. I, I looked up Russian actors and I even looked up Ukrainian actors. Wow. And, and, and there's not, there's most of the famous Ukrainian actors are women, hmm. uh, like Mila, Jovovich and, uh, just like, uh, there's a couple others on there. I was like, geez, we need to have somebody who is experienced, older, because this is the, the whole, the whole point of Marco Ramius is he is a guy who has dedicated his entire life to Mother Russia and uh that you know he is uh upset about uh how how he's been treated after his wife died and he's he's wanting to defect uh so i put ben kingsley in for marco ramius um uh so yeah he's he's tired of he's tired of uh, working for the man mm -hmm. and everything and so yeah we need somebody who's experienced in this it can't be somebody who's like 40 years old right yeah definitely right. you know um so uh ben kingsley is a little bit well he's a lot older than sean connery was sean connery was 60 mm. when he was in hunt for october ben kingsley's in his 70s right now but he plays he plays he plays whatever he wants to play. But Ben though. Kingsley is somebody who had who looks like he could still play fifty something. That's how good looking he is. <laughs> yeah. What did you say about Kristen Chenoweth? She looked like she was sixty for the last twenty years. <laughs> it's like Ben Kingsley. He's yeah. looked like he's sixty for the last twenty years. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, for Marco Ramius's uh, number two, Vasily Borodin, I have Martin Freeman. Mm, nice Ooh, yeah i like that yeah it's like I a like sam neelish uh quality to him yeah yeah we've seen freeman i mean freeman uh, immediately puts on the air of like a comic actor because he's been in so many of these but i've seen him in some deadly serious uh stuff too mm -hmm. and i think he could play that sam neil character pretty well uh for admiral greer i have lawrence fishburne nice Mm -hmm. oh nice this is james earl jones's character james earl jones's character in that um now if uh, disney were doing this remake they would just cast james earl jones i again. thought about that just to piss you off yeah, yeah. <laughs> i look very carefully at your list and uh and uh, of course jeremy's got the best one i think when he when he does his but uh but uh lawrence fishburne is is uh is got the experience to be a james earl jones mm -hmm. uh, type in this the gravitas the gravitas yeah. yes uh skip tyler who's the jeffrey jones character in hunt for october i have david thewlis oh, oh nice. nice and and maybe just out just because he looks like what jeffrey jones looks like yeah. in this movie um but uh yeah he's the guy who who tells ryan about the uh the caterpillar system and the 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 silent propulsion this could be a caterpillar drive what yeah you, what, what, he's at the briefing at the beginning and then he's on the warship with uh with greer right but he's not like a huge character in this he's not no he's only in one he's scene. only in that one scene Jack Ryan goes to where they're making a submarine, some Navy base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And asks him questions, shows him the pictures, and the guy gives him his gut. And then Jack Ryan, that guy, character's not in the movie anymore. I don't. Think. Oh, I thought he was on the the in the station with uh, James Earl Jones. In the very you very know. end, when they yeah, when they're doing the the he chase might be in there, but I don't think he has any dialogue. Interesting. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, then uh, for yeah, Am- Ambassador Andre Lysenko, who uh, is the Joss Ackland character, I've got Robert Carlyle. Oh, nice. This oh, one. I nice. like that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he could, he could read, because the thing about Joss Ackland's character is that he's he's got to come and humbly ask the NSA guy, we need you to find this submarine. We We can't find it ourselves. We need your help. And then, like you know, he's got he's and the and and the NSA guy is just like it's like so you say you lost a submarine, <laughs> all right. And then and then like by the end of it, when all the shit's gone down, they've lost another submarine because it got blown out yeah, of the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, we uh, this is a very delicate matter. Uh, we have lost another submarine. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, you tell me you lost another submarine. <laughs> um, I had yeah. So Robert Carlyle for that. Uh. Bart Mancuso, I have, uh, that's the uh, Scott Glenn character. Yeah. I have J.K. Simmons. That's Ooh. awesome, especially in the shape that he got in for Justice League, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Scott Glenn was is Billy Badass, basically, yeah, in that, he in that is. movie. J.K. Simmons uh, is is exactly that Scott Glenn character. That's what we may, mainly know J.K. Simmons from, you mm-hmm. know, for this type of thing, where... He can be reasonable, but he's also, well, I mean, Scott Glenn, let's, let's remember something about the Mancuso character. It's easy to hate him at first because mm-hmm. you're like, we know Jack Ryan is right, man, but he's absolutely correct to oh, handle yeah. Jack Ryan the way he does. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so like, you know, he's, he's like, this is a, you know, the thing that you're saying sounds insane to me. I don't even haven't gotten any chance to think about it at all. And then by just a pure luck, mm-hmm. he gets, he, he's on board with what Jack Ryan is saying. <laughs> Uh, have you, has he done any crazy Ivans? He's like, why? He's like, he's like, he's like, was the last one to port? The last one to port. It's like, the next one be to starboard. He's like, why? Because he's, he always goes to starboard in the last half of the hour. And then it <laughs> happens. He does a crazy Ivan there where he goes to starboard and everything. So how did you know that? I didn't. <laughs> I had a 50 50 chance. I had a 50 50 chance and a lucky break. <laughs> Sorry. But J.K. Simmons, I think, would play that role really Good well. Good call. The NSA director, who I love, this is a guy who basically like steals scenes in this movie. Oh my god! Um, uh, there's a point where the whole meeting about Ramius has happened and everything, and he keeps Ryan behind. And he's like, "I'm a politician, which means I'm a liar and a, and, a, and, a, and a thief or whatever." And when I'm not when I'm not uh, kissing babies, I'm stealing the lollipops. But <laughs> um, there is only one guy I could think of for this: Tracy Letts. Who is that? I, I am going to, I'm going to have to, you're, you've seen Tracy Letts, but I, I'm going to have to go through some movies here. Uh, uh, he's in the big short. He's the guy who asked Christian Bale, tells Christian Bale, I want my money. I want my money. That okay. guy. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Ooh. He's like, he's like, you motherfucker. He's like, you're, you're, you're going to give me my money or whatever. I can't remember the scene. I can't place his face. Uh, you haven't seen 4V Ferrari in here, have you? No, uh-uh. I'm just going to look him up. Um, oh, he was on Seinfeld. He's in Lady Bird. Okay, I know this guy. Hey, it's it's the guy, one of the guys that comes over at, for Festivus. Oh, because he got Elaine's phone number. This guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. that comes with the hairy guy. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay, I could dig it. I have I've seen Tracy Letts, obviously in like five or six movies which i'm now wishing that you guys had seen because tracy letts is absolutely perfect <laughs> for this nsa <laughs> director um in in the big short yeah he's got that he's got that part where he goes to bail and he's just like he's like i want my money man i want i want my money back and and bail's just like he's like he, he bail's just like nope 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 and the guy he's like he's like i want my money back 
you motherfucker. <laughs> I want. <laughs> um, but uh, he would be great at us. Uh, for for medical officer Petra, which is the Tim Car- Curry character, I have Paul Giamatti. Nice. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that one. Yeah, we uh, have a, we have been sabotaged, yeah. <laughs> Captain. <laughs> you received the order of Lennon for this, Captain. <laughs> I love uh, that. I love that line reading that Tim Curry does on that because it's so British. I don't think he's even trying a Russian no. accent on this, but it's so British and it's so incredible. The Captain, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like he's just taking the yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because, because uh, Ramius is trolling him at that yeah, point. Yeah, of course. Or he's just like he's like ah, whatever. <laughs> no big deal. Um, for uh, Tupolev, who's the uh, Stellan Skarsgård character, these, these, these orders are eighteen bloody hours old. Uh, Nikolai Koster Waldo, nice. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. Um. Uh, I had another th- uh, thought on this, but Jeremy took it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, mine, mine's pretty good. Though. Yeah. Um, then uh, for Painter, which is the Fred Dalton Thompson character, I have David Harbour. Oh, oh nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. He has that authority kind of. Yeah, yeah I, need, I, I need a that. big person, well, big personality. Big barrel-chested yeah. guy yeah, like yeah. Fred Dalton Thompson. You know, Ruski doesn't take a dump son without a plan. Obviously, we wouldn't have Harbor with a southern accent in this. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but he would he he fit that role pretty well for jonesy which is the courtney b vance it sounds like a ton of fucking people in this I movie know, right man. for for what seems like a small cast there's a lot of roles yeah for jonesy who's uh yeah courtney b vance who's the uh the sound guy i have donald glover nice oh mm-hmm. very good yeah and for loganoff who is the who's the fucking cook <laughs> the fucking cook uh who is the saboteur on the red october i have bill skarsgård oh that's funny uh i think he blends in yeah uh uh enough that a lot of people won't recognize him as as a as a like a known actor or whatever uh which i feel like you kind of need even though the the saboteur is sort of a it's almost mcguffany yeah it is in in red october um but having somebody like that, I think that kind of just blends into the background and everything, uh, he would do that well. Although his eyes might give away that he is Pennywise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that the only? This is PG thirteen, right? I think it's just PG. Is this that? That's a fucking line, right? The fucking cook, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know if he says fucking actually. I could have no, sworn he says, he says, says a goddamn cook. Goddamn cook. Goddamn oh, okay. cook. I, for some reason, my brain put in a fucking. He says it in. Russian first, but I can't remember how to say it. Yeah, he's like something Takoye or something like that. Something like Takoye. And then he remembers a bunch of English people are watching, so he says it again in English. Mm-hmm. Goddamn cook. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's PG, believe it or not. Uh, I yeah. think a movie like this might get a PG-13 nowadays. There's not, there's, but there's is not there a much. ton of salty language in this? It, it, there's a lot. I mean, I think there's more than your average, like, PG movie. Okay. Like, PG is almost G. Yeah, that's true. What it was back in the day. So I think that they they have started to be a little bit more liberal with the PG-13 rating. Pretty much all the Marvel stuff is PG-13, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, even Jumanji is PG-13. Is it really? And and you watch it and you're like I can I can see why I mean it, it's it, it feels like it's directed towards kids this movie but it's not like really strictly for kids mm. there's a lot of goddamns in Jumanji ah, okay like it's weird how many like I was sitting there going God 
damn <laughs> there's a lot of goddamns in this movie and then there's like some some risque type of uh humor and things like well that. it's the whole pee hole thing and sure in the, the first one sure yeah uh but come watch me pee yeah remember when she pees on everybody oh that's such a crazy <laughs> I love when jack black goes hey do you want to come see my penis and you just hear from off camera no thanks <laughs> uh so yeah there's my there's my casting my recasting nice i like your cast all right good cast you want to do your modern day one first and sure. then i'll do mine then you you do your bonus okay uh but i gotta i gotta i gotta scramble because chris stole my donald glover <laughs> oh, did I? Actually, we'll just both cast Donald Glover. Did I Glover. steal Donald Glover? Well, only because I emailed first. We both have. No, I, I thought I, I thought I looked at everybody's list and didn't see Donald Glover. So I was like, I got right, him I got as it. Jonesy, but I think that's perfect. We'll just okay. both have the same guy. Shit. All right. All right. So for uh, the Sean Connery role, I want Gary Oldman. Um, yeah. He's the right age, the right level of gravitas in his acting, and he can do a Russian accent. He can do a Russian accent. He can do all sorts uh, of accents. Fucking, fucking Air America. American Air. Uh, Air Force Air One. Air Force One. <laughs> um, I was like, Air America's a movie, <laughs> but I don't remember him in it. <laughs> I want Shia LaBeouf as Jack Ryan. Wow. I wow. Want, I want to Johnny Depp his ass in nick of time and put him in a suit and cut his hair, <laughs> give him a pair of glasses and make him look like a lawyer. I could dig it. And I think he's got the right charm and dramatic chops, and uh, I think he could pull it off. He could be funny and witty. For... Uh, Mancuso, this is the Scott Glenn character. I want Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Now, basically, nice. I want Timothy Oliphant in everything uh, because I think he's outstanding. And I, I think fans know he's great, but I don't know that Hollywood has really ever given him his props. Hey, uh, uh, how, that's a dude that's looked like he's 45 for the last 20 years. Yeah. Like, uh, how old is he, do you think? 50? 50, 48. You got to go back to Go to find him looking like a. 30 something yeah even in die hard the the techie yeah. die hard like he looked a little bit old and now he's gray now he's gray yeah and so now he looks like he's really put on a lot of years but i think he's probably i want to say know? 71 he could be could be 69 birthday oh Birth, <laughs> the the yeah the 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 uh, birth year uh 68 so he's 51 be okay. 52 in may uh for the sam neil uh vasily character i want leah schreiber oh, oh yeah, yeah leah schreiber would be great uh i can just see him saying i would like to have seen montana yeah, no. you, um, you got you got a couple of scream alums in this movie yeah i do uh for uh, admiral greer i want andre brower yeah andre brower so good he's just never been anything but excellent and he he just carries himself as a guy who would be an admiral. There's another guy who should have been way bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Way well, he bigger. He's always outstanding on Homicide, and he's great on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he's hilarious. Everything in between, but he's sort of been almost like sentenced to side roles yeah. or character roles. He's got the chops, baby. Frequency. Frequency. <laughs> uh, for the Jeffrey Jones, Skip Tyler, Submarine Expert, I went, I went with Seth Rogen. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a little, little bit of sparkle in his eye anyway uh <laughs> ambassador Lashenko. this is joss acklin i don't know why but i went with brian cranston uh yeah sure man. i don't know if he can do the accent but what i love about that character is that he that actor i guess but that character is that he's he's 
playful. Like the the NSA guy knows he's being deceitful, mm-hmm. but he's still almost like a lovable old grandpa who you know what I mean? Who's yeah, like yeah. going to pull a coin out from behind your ear? <laughs> I think Cranston could do that. That NSA director though is going to be Matthew McConaughey because uh, he can handle the drawl and he can do those lines like yeah, um, stealing yeah. the lollipops. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> and uh, you've lost another submarine for Tim Curry's role. Uh, the 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 medical officer <laughs> Jim Parsons, nice. um, he's older than you think too. Uh, for Victor Tupolov, Stellan Skarsgård's character, Alexander Skarsgård, yep. his son, his son, beautiful, beautiful. Yes, that's the reason to make this remake right now. Uh, <laughs> he's also a great actor. I think he'd he'd kill that role. Uh, Admiral whoever Fred Thompson. I went with Kevin Costner. Oh, nice. Um, because you know he's getting up there. He needs to start playing some admirals and. Bossy pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got Donald Glover for uh, Jonesy. And then for the cook, um, I put the third Hemsworth. <laughs> Whoever that is. Third Hemsworth. I don't know. I can't remember his name. I know we've got, we've got, a, is it Luke? Yes, it's Luke. Because Miley was with Liam. Yes. And then, okay, so it's Luke Hemsworth would be the saboteur cook. He would definitely blend. <laughs> was it Liam or Luke that was in Hunger Games? Liam. Liam. Liam was in Hunger Games. What's Luke done? Almost nothing. He's in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he's in Thor Ragnarok. He plays the actor who plays Thor in that play within a play thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, he he actually has more. Well, he's got 28 acting credits. He's in Westworld. Oh, 15 episodes of Westworld. 15 episodes? Mm -hmm. God damn. Oh, I bet he's one of those. Never mind. I'm I'm done with that show. Sex bots. Isn't it about sex bots? No. Oh. I don't know. I've never seen it. The end of that second season pissed me off hard, but it looks like the third season might be interesting. It's uh, Aaron Paul, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I saw Aaron Paul in Mission Impossible 3 the yep. other day. Yep. yep. He's, he's like, he's the, like brother. the brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's just talking to Tom Cruise like, hey, Ethan, yeah. He's got a, I got a little bit of a, 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 he advances the plot a little bit later on in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that movie. All right, my turn. Let's hit it. Yay. All right, for my Ramius. I was very excited about this. I went through like five different Ramii. Ramii. <laughs> and I settled on Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why. Because I think it's the weirdest thing. I think he can eat really well on camera. <laughs> and one of my favorite scenes in this is the whole officer room thing where they they boot Tim Curry out. Oh. And fucking... Ramius just tears in that fucking steak. He's got a piece He's of steak <laughs> on the fork, and he goes, honestly, I give us... One chance in three. One chance in three. (laughs) And he's just chewing the fuck out of that steak. I'm like, Christoph Waltz would be awesome at that. I think he could do... But I I want him to be in a whole lot more than he's actually in. I mean, besides Inglorious Bastards, he's been relegated to the Bond thing. And, of course, Django was, was good. But, like... The fucking uh, water for chocolate elephants, <laughs> water yeah. for elephants, and the, water for elephants, that Tarzan bullshit. Oh yeah, I need I need him to get a juicy roll, and I want to see him eat that steak. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. Uh, for for my Jack Ryan, it's so weird because there's been so many Jack Ryans. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been Baldwin, it's been Ford, it's been Affleck, Ben, yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, and it's uh, Krasinski, which I still and has Chris Pine. Chris Pine was in the, the Shadow with, Recruit. Yeah, Karen Knightley and did you Kevin Costner. Yeah, was it good? No. Oh, uh, really? No. 
Uh, have you? Has anybody seen the Jack Ryan, the new one? No, I saw like ten minutes of the first episode, and and like a lot of TV these days, I I just don't, I can't get into it. Yeah, enough. You, I, I mean, I think the, I don't know how it was on the page. Did did Baldwin match the the written Jack Ryan? More Baldwin than is else? the closest one. Yes. Okay, and, and that's the one that I want to 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 emulate. Mm-hmm. And I think Andrew Garfield could be really good at actually this. when i saw that i was mad that you picked him because he's perfect <laughs> yeah he's I, perfect and i i mean i like the harrison ford jack ryan movies but harrison ford has too much gravitas uh, to play jack ryan the way he needs to be played because he is naive and he, he is a fish out of water and and you never feel like harrison ford is a fish out of water no and plus you know harrison ford i'm sure is very smart but he's not an intellectual he doesn't project intellectualism right, and right. that seems to me like the basis of this character he's been surrounding himself in books and mm-hmm. history and shit like that like he's not you know even though he's got military experience he's not like a big pew 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 type of thing uh but he also does have you know a good stature and stuff like that and i think andrew garfield can embody both of those things i know this book uh, uh, <laughs> your conclusions were all wrong the conclusions were all wrong he <laughs> acted stupidly uh, i'm swinging for the fences for mancuso i'm going with george clooney that is a fence swing. And uh, I think he'd be awesome. He could pull this. that role off, though. I think he could do that right amount of, you know, reasonable but barky and... and oh, and yeah, totally. Snippy. He can get intense when you want to get... We think of him almost more in comedy terms these days, or at least I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he can be like Michael Clayton, kind of like, fuck you, man. I, like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm the boss here. And you, can you imagine like Christoph Waltz and, and George Clooney walking up to each other like in that, that, that uh, awesome. affection mm-hmm. scene? Uh, for uh, Vasily, I'm going with Sam Neill's character, Val Kilmer. Oh, man needs a comeback. Uh, and and I don't think he's fat anymore. Is he fat still? Oh, he's he's. Oh. The last time I saw him, what was what movie was that? He goes he goes puffy and then he goes back to to Perry, Gay Perry and then he goes back to puffy and then he goes. Well, back he also to- had cancer like mouth cancer. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know he's in the new Top Gun too, but I haven't. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen a, him in anything. A still from it. <laughs> but the guy has such good chops. When you look at Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you look at Tombstone, I think he's been undervalued. I think right around the Batman Forever, like he, he was labeled as just the, the pretty face without mm-hmm. the talent. And mm-hmm. I think he's got the ta- top secret. Mm-hmm. He's definitely got the talent. Last thing I saw him in was the snowman. Oh, God. Oh, how did he look in that? Uh, well, he's playing a drunk, so oh. like he's <laughs> he, he's he's kind of disheveled. Is that the Fassbender one? Yeah. yeah. Oh God, I it's hear that's really terrible. Really bad. That's <laughs> bad. For my James Greer, I think this is an inspired choice. Uh, the James Earl Jones character, Sidney Poitier. Ooh. who is 92 i was gonna say when i saw that name i was like he's still alive he God is damn. he's still alive and he, I, I from what i understand he's doing a lot of philanthropic stuff he hasn't acted i don't think in forever i don't think so uh but talk about gravitas you don't get more gravitasian than fucking Sidney poitier you really don't mm-hmm. uh so if we could kind of pull him out and just set him up for a couple of scenes and then wheel him back to the stretch motherfuckers mess with me i split the heads <laughs> <laughs> uh for my skip tyler uh gonna gender flip a couple of these things carrie washington yeah i want to i want carrie washington plugged into a <laughs> plugged into a lot of stuff okay that mm-hmm. didn't make sense mm-hmm. yes okay so in pastor losenko i'm going with william sadler oh yeah william sadler uh i like that guy yeah, uh, yeah. these are there's a lot of these these character right. actors that i want to see in more stuff just did 
an interview with the Maltons recently uh, that was the really Count good. Count of Monte Cristo <laughs> by Alexander. That's Duma, Cristo, you Duma, dumb shit. <laughs> this one uh, is is fun to me. For uh, Petrov, the medical officer, uh, Captain, it's going to be Edward Norton. <laughs> well, you just made the entire shoot miserable. <laughs> Can you imagine Clooney and Norton like on the same set, just kind of like he's from he's probably like needling him, yeah. shit like that, playing practical jokes. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh my yeah. God. Especially on a submarine set. Well, I hell, think that would be got, awesome. You got Norton and Val Kilmer. Both of them are like well known, like, you know, like studio, like uh, set cancers. And then yeah. you have Clooney, who's the Mr. Practical Joke guy. Yeah, yeah. Just, why don't you just throw Jared Leto on here while you're at it? <laughs> I always said uh, the, the Tim Curry character fascinates me because I love him so much that I look for performances. And, like, I don't really understand his character. Like, he's up his own ass, obviously. Mm -hmm. He's talking about, we go to the Bolshoi and we do this and everything before he gets kicked out. And then he has, like, this righteous outrage about the sabotage and all that stuff. And then this patriotic pride when he says he's going to scuttle the boat and all that stuff. Uh, I just think it's a fascinating character. I think Edward Norton can pull that off. The only reason that there's two keys is that so that no one man can arm the missiles. (laughs) Missiles. Uh, For my Tupolov, the Stellan Skarsgård character, I keep seeing that that shot where like he's going insane, like in that last little chase and all that stuff, where mm-hmm. he's really just hyper pouring sweat and shit like you that. You idiot! You killed You've us! You killed us! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's gonna be Daniel Bruhl. Oh, mm-hmm. that's excellent! Yeah, uh, perfect. That guy, I think, is is capable of great things. Yeah. Uh, he was in that Rush movie, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, he's spectacular he's in that. Awesome in that. Yeah. He's, he's uh, the Zemo character. Is he's given nothing to work with yeah. in that, but. He's a really, really, really good actor, and I think he could he could kill this. Yeah, one. man. It's two German actors going after each other, yeah. right? Yeah, a German taste chasing a German. Well, I mean, the German Germans are the closest we can get to Russians. Yeah, pretty much in these actors, because <laughs> if you look up Russian actors, there's like literally nobody you've ever heard of. <laughs> oh, Mikhail Baryshnikov. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's people that you've heard. Like it, it, it's like you know, dude who played uh, Carl and Die Hard, oh, who, yeah, yeah. who who is unfortunately no longer with us. Oh, Gudanov, Alexander yeah, Gudanov, yeah, Alexander Gudanov, and you have uh, you have uh, Lee Strasberg, I think, was oh, right. Russian, yeah, was at least Russian descended or whatever, uh, but he's he's no longer with us, of course. <laughs> uh, Nabokov, whoever his offspring yeah. is, um, for Jonesy. Oh yeah, all right, I'll do that. Jonesy, Courtney B. Vance. Fun fact about submarines. They just integrated with the two uh, sexes as of 2010. Yeah. It took us up until 2010 to integrate on submarines. Lupita Nyong'o is going to be my Jonesy. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's got whimsy. She's got uh, intelligence. She's a perfect Jonesy. Uh, I tell you what, weirdly enough, I was thinking about Black Panther a lot for, for, for this casting because everybody's so smart. And this the, the whole movie. There's a bunch of smart people doing smart stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was if if uh, Shuri was a little bit older, I would have cast her in yeah. this role. But uh, Lupita Nyong'o yeah. would be awesome. That's a good call. Uh, with uh, Admiral Painter Fred Thompson, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I'm going just on voice alone. Basically. And uh, ha- has already famously been in a. Uh, um, he was in a Jack uh, Ryan. Yeah, thing. he was in a Jack Ryan. He was in um, uh, Clearing Some of Danger. all Some oh, of all <laughs> I mean, they all just kind of. I don't think that movie gets enough credit. It's not outstanding, but it's solid. Yeah. Uh, My cook. (laughs) My cook is going to be Daniel Radcliffe. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
Now people will know will know for a fact that he's the fucking saboteur. Because why do you cast Daniel Radcliffe? Maybe you just wanted to be like in the part of the gang. This is a big twist. It would, it would be a nice twist to, that he's not the saboteur. And we make that we make that engineer guy who smokes the cigarettes. He's the, oh my God, he's yeah. the guy who's the saboteur. By the way, man, I don't understand how ventilation works on submarines, but everybody is fucking smoking mm-hmm. on that submarine. I'm not sure ventilation works on submarines. So, I mean, how is there not just a thick cloud of smoke like enveloping everything? I think there everybody? was in the late 80s. Oh my god. Probably. Yeah. That's... Or yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's that's that's the thing. You could just smoke anywhere back in the day. Not to mention not a, not only is everybody smoking, but the ash is like halfway down the cigarette for everybody that's smoking. Even at the dinner table scene where they're it's just It's a like, fantastic way to show tension. Like, even an addict of the tobacco is so into this conversation, he forgets to drag his cigarette. Oh, my God. I actually wrote a sin about that cigarette ash in The Shining when Wendy's <laughs> talking to the, the doctor at the beginning. She's talking about Danny. And she just, she never ashes. And it, I mean, it, it's like Pink Floyd, like where he goes all the way down to the filter and it's all ash. Huh. Very, very tense. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, I think that's all for me. Why don't you do a bonus thing well jeremy since you asked <laughs> and since i put the work in this I, is inspired by the way i decided to recast this movie but uh in the same era as the original <laughs> so crazy. rather than using modern actors what if they had just recast everybody in the original different who would they have gone to and again it's hard to get any better than who they got for ramius i picked donald sutherland nice now i did a lot i spent an hour on this <laughs> and i was basically just scrolling through Movies from 89, 90, and 91, mm-hmm. so that I would be age appropriate. Uh, and I looked up everybody's ages. So Jack Ryan is Michael Keaton, because this oh. is a year after Batman. Mm-hmm. Michael yeah. Keaton's still pretty young. <clears throat> and I think he could, he, he would have been a big enough star. Like, I, I think he was a bigger star at that point than even Alec Baldwin was just yeah. because of Batman. And yeah, he's quirky he, and he's intelligent. His and, sort of downfall didn't start until like the mid 90s, even though he showed up in Out of Sight and Jackie Brown. Yeah. Um, he was relegated to uh, those kind of roles rather than being the star. Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Do we know what happened to him? No, I I think I heard that he was a difficult person. Oh yeah. Uh, and sort of people started having started shying away from hiring him. Huh. And everything. Shying the buffing away. And so he had, you know, it took Birdman for him to finally become hot again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, I it's what I heard. I don't know if that's true. Or that's not. a shame because he was still in like his comedic and and uh, acting prime. Really. Yeah, I mean, obviously, eighties were the were his pinnacle. Yeah, and, yeah, and he has a little bit in the nineties there, but but I will say, with all the new stuff like Spotlight and Birdman and even the Founders, decent. Like he, maybe he's having a resurgence. Yeah. Oh, sure, and Spider Man. Well, and Spider-Man, yeah, he was yeah, he, uh, heralded for that. He's definitely has resurgence because now he, he's in everything. Yeah. He's uh, awesome for Commando man. Mancuso, Scott Glenn's character, unfortunately, Ed Harris beat him out for that role. That's <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. Though. Yep. For Vasily, uh, Sam Neill's character, Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. Because, again, a lot of these names, you hear them and you think, oh, they're 70 years old, but this movie was made 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Admiral James Greer, James Earl Jones, I have... Danny Glover? Yeah. I was trying to keep the races all the same. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I couldn't. In this movie, it's hard, other than if you want to go with something different with Jack Ryan or Admiral Greer, 
the Americans you can do, but you can't really with the Russians. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, there's, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, a black Russian. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, for Skip Tyler, the Jeffrey Jones submarine expert, I, I picked Timothy Busfield. Oh, yeah. He oh, purposes nice. uh, Field of Dreams, Timothy Busfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he'd be great. He's um, an everyman right there. Yeah, he is. And he's this 30-something is, uh, <laughs> yeah. is his, his yep. big thing at this point. Ambassador Lienko, Josh Delsenko, Josh, Josh Ackland. <laughs> I went with Rutger Howard. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. nice. Nice. NSA director, um, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Nice. I think this movie could now, have been Michael made. Douglas might be way too big for this role in 1990. That's true. That's oh, true. he could pull off the smarmy asshole politician. Sure, though. sure. Oh, yeah. He could do the lines, but yeah, he's probably too expensive. Medical officer, Tim Curry. I have Matthew Broderick. Yeah. <laughs> This is the glory era, so Broderick's still pretty young. Yeah, yeah. The freshman. Um, <clears throat> the freshman, <laughs> yeah. Um, for Victor Tupolov, the Stellan Skarsgård character, I have Liam Neeson. Liam oh, Neeson. He would have eaten the shit out of the screen in this role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was um, he doing in 1990? Dark Man. Dark Man, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and he's pretty. Good. He's pretty young back then. Yeah. Uh, for Admiral Painter, the Fred Thompson role, I'm bringing in Robert Redford. Yeah. Oh, nice. This is Sneakers era, a little before Sneakers era, Robert Redford. Uh-huh. Old enough to have become an admiral. Um, for Jonesy, I have Denzel Washington. Because uh, again, glory era, yeah. Washington was not a huge star. Uh, I mean, he was Oscar nominated for glory, but mm. for supporting, but he was not the Denzel you know today. Yep. Um, it's, it's how long does it take before Denzel becomes Denzel? Like it's right, it's around this era. When is he, Malcolm X? Malcolm X is ninety two. Yeah. yeah, it would be right around that era. And then he's he's like a, I think he's big time by ninety five when he's in Crimson Tide. Yeah, and Pelican Brief is in between there, right? Yeah, Pelican Brief's ninety three. Yeah, yeah, um, right around early nineties. So somewhere there. in there, he's a big. Philadelphia is ninety three. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we, we're catching him right before he got hot. Nice. And then for the cook, I picked Andrew McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Andrew McCarthy? Because <laughs> yes. I, I, I kept seeing, when I'm scrolling through all these movies, I kept seeing Weekend at Bernie's. I keep, <laughs> as soon as you put, as soon as I saw Andrew McCarthy here, I was like, kept expect, like kept imagining him on a sub, like lifting his sunglasses and shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess when I cast the cook, I want it to be like somebody... I don't know. I just felt like he would be hilariously uh, out of place there. <laughs> He's like wearing a white jacket and shit. <laughs> I almost went with Jonathan Silverman, but I decided. Oh, to yeah. nice, nice. Anyway, there is my era-specific recasting of Hunter Red October. Very nice. Thank I you. Thought very that much. Was, I thought that was great. Yeah, that's awesome. One question? Question? Yeah. You know, I'm going to go to the sex one. Okay, let's do it. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. All right. I just finished watching 30 Days of the Con. Yeah. 30 Days of the Condor. It's the, That's a lot of days. It's the sequel to 30. That's right. 10 times the Condor. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen so many Condors. <laughs> there are Condors everywhere. <laughs> okay. I just finished watching 3 Days of the Condor. Damn fine film. Uh, you've seen this, right? Three yeah. Days of the Condor. Have you seen this? Nope. This is like a spy This is thing, great. Right? Yeah. Um, damn fine film. But how in the world do you have people as hot as Robert Redford and Faye Dunaway in a love scene, but be as horrible and un- unsexy as that scene was? It was amazingly awkward. Can you think of a worse sex scene that involved usually considered attractive people in a mainstream film, eliminating scenes that were meant for laughs? 
Thanks for the great content. Looking forward to the best of the day. By the way, I think Faye Dunaway was almost known for this shit in the 70s because she has an unsexy scene in Network, too, if you've ever seen that. Oh, yeah. Where she is... The the point of the sex is definitely not to have sex. It's it's basically she just wants to talk about the network and her power <laughs> yeah. and all this other stuff. And it's really her her power that she's right. getting off on, quote unquote, and everything. And and it's like not it's not very sexy at all. <laughs> uh, but I came up with three, and I bet I could come up with more. But yeah. um, look, as sexy as Catherine Watterson is in Inherent Vice <laughs> and in, and her entrance completely naked in the one scene with joaquin phoenix is one of the sexiest things i've ever seen in my life Mm -hmm. the sex scene is not and i believe that it was done this way i don't know if that's the spirit of the question (laughs) but this but that those are two sexy people and that sex scene is awful it's and it's on purpose i'm sure of it because of course he doesn't know what he's doing he's a and he's drugged out of his mind <laughs> and all that and uh and but it's like a couple of slaps on her ass <laughs> and then he like enters her and it's like five pumps and yeah, then it's done <laughs> and uh and it's and it's awful and you're like god she's so damn sexy she deserved <laughs> way more than that um and it's so so yeah it's not very good uh leonardo dicaprio and margot robbie in the wolf of wall street mm, which uh, one well it's all the of first them. one the first one for sure because he because it's the one where it's like and i bet you know what happened then i fucked her brains out <laughs> and then it's like five seconds or something <laughs> like that <laughs> and uh, um well, you could throw in their last one too where she divorces him yeah that one yeah <laughs> now and i think those are both by design yeah, yeah yeah uh now this one it depends on how sexy you think liam neeson and meryl streep but there's a movie mm. called before and after mm-hmm. i don't remember much about this movie it came out in 1996 i do remember though a sex scene they're completely clothed <laughs> and it's one of those scenes where it's like all nice and tender the music and you know nice like the the dissolve editing and everything and it, it doesn't last very long but by the end of it they're looking at each other fully clothed and sweaty and like, wow, that was the most mind-blowing sex ever. <laughs> and it's terrible. It's a terrible sex scene. Um, so, yeah, that's one that came to mind. Nice. 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 Neesons. Neesons. Mm-hmm. What you got? I got uh, two that I, I don't think were intended to be awkward, but feel awkward. Basically, every sex scene in a Fifty Shades of Grey series. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are two hot people, too. They're two hot people, and I have had boners taken away by that movie mm-hmm. yeah um you're not, walking around with a boner not and then you happen to see glance yeah. at the screen and if you if you have that you know if you take the cialis or whatever and it's got you got the priapism that lasts six hours or whatever just you, watch this movie you, yeah yeah you either you either go to the hospital or you watch 50 shades of Grey. uh the other one i thought of was the specialist when stallone oh and, yes uh sharon stone oh my have god sex standing up in a shower that movie thinks that scene is sexy yeah you cannot convince me otherwise that was not intentionally awkward but it is like i remember laughing my ass off watching that oh it's so terrible oh my god and then the only one i thought of that i think was in spirit of why like was on purpose within the movie was that movie called the submission i told you guys about with uh which one was the big night guy uh who's not tucci Tucci, oh, the Tucci. Stanley Tucci is oh, a professor, professor and the, the student yeah, yeah. writes a story about fucking her professor uh. and he ends up befriending her, helps her buy a computer, takes it back to her dorm room and somehow they kiss and for like 
20 seconds, it's a little sexy. She takes off her shirt. He gets on the bed. She climbs on top of him. And then they bump heads and he chips a tooth in the sex ends. Oh, okay. And then you know, she ruins his life and career after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it's all it's one of those move- scenes that's like, oh, it's about to get it's about to get sick. Nope. Tooth chipping. Bo- going back to Sharon Stone, like the you know, she was after Basic Instinct. It, it was like every movie she was in had to have some. It was erotic, some erotic thriller. Yep. And uh, in the same vein as Specialist, Sliver had a, has a really bad sex scene too, mm-hmm. where like William Baldwin like takes her from behind, and it's like just like, oh god, it's so sickening. Mm-hmm. You can make an argument that the Basic Instinct uh, sex scenes are not all that sexy. <laughs> well, I mean, they're ridiculous. The one with uh, the shrink is definitely unsexy. Yeah, <laughs> that's, Triple that's Horn, yeah. practically yeah. assault. Yeah, <laughs> it is, and and I wonder. If it's a Verhoeven thing, because one of the ones on my list was the Showgirls pool scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, I love Showgirls. I've I've now just decided I'm out. I'm out there. All right. I'm, I love me some Showgirls. I love, yeah. I love the camp, and I love the performance, and I love the commitment that Elizabeth Berkeley makes to this. Yep. But occasionally, <laughs> there's two scenes where she goes hilariously overboard so the, the sex scene in the pool with Kyle McGlock on both very oh attractive people how is any anybody being satisfied <laughs> in that scene she's but what gets overlooked is is the strip club scene oh my god yeah oh my where god she, she has to dance for Gina Gershon and Kyle McLaughlin, and she's staring at Gina Gershon and she's doing the most ridiculous moves ever to get him to ejaculate. Yeah. Yeah. But he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Because the script said he's supposed to. <laughs> she's just fucking like eyeball fucking Gina Gershon while she's actually fucking. Yeah. It's fucked up. That yeah. pool scene, it's like, it's like, wow, I like what I'm seeing here, but like my dick hurts watching that shit. <laughs> Seriously. I, th- I mean, the first time I saw that movie, my my thought in that scene was, has she ever had sex? <laughs> yeah. Does she think this is possible? Yeah. I wonder how much of this, though, in, ret- in retrospect, how much of this was Verhoeven saying to do that? Well, even that fucking dance rehearsal where they almost fuck with clothes on with her and the dance teacher guy and his <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, shed, yeah, yeah, even yeah. that is like raunchy like oh the everybody's got everybody's got aids and shit yeah um <laughs> no that's not the guy from lost that's the dude from speed this, this the guy is from speed that's yeah right. this is uh glenn Plummer. That yeah, you're yeah talking about yeah 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 he's uh she uh puts his puts his finger down there he sure does mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> but i've got others okay okay so uh in caddyshack you know, you're always drawn to, to sex scenes when you're a kid and all that stuff or when you're growing up. And mine was drawn to Lacey Underall um, and, and Ty, uh, Chevy Chase, and uh, what's her name? Uh, Cindy Morgan mm-hmm. in Caddyshack. And there's that scene where she's like, you want to tie me up with one of your ties, Ty? You've seen this movie a million yep. times, right? Uh, and so they go back to Chevy Chase's uh, Ty's uh, house and... And there's this classic Chevy Chase bumbling around type of thing where he's massaging her back and he dumps oil all over her and she's like, you're crazy. So apparently, I think like 80% of this movie is improv, mm-hmm. but that scene was improv because she fucking hated him. Mm. Now, 
obviously we've heard a lot of stories about people ha- hating Chevy Chase, mm-hmm. but they were like in the middle of like a vicious fight at that point, and she was not up for this fucking scene, but they had to film it anyway. Mm-hmm. So she was like, in interviews, she's like, we were professionals, but uh, I really fucking hated them at that point. <laughs> but they're supposed was to it, be in this amorous type of thing. Was it uh, a professional disagreement thing, or were they dating or something? No, they weren't dating, but they were, it was, I don't think it was a professional disagreement. I think he was being a jerk, and she mm. was responding to him being a jerk yeah uh so yeah she uh as as sexy as that whole tie me up with one of your ties tie thing uh the 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 sex scene itself was not really all that sexy mm. and then there's i got one more uh in 444 the last day on earth have you guys seen this yet Mm-mm, it's no. a it's a end of the world movie the, there's a, a a comet that's coming to uh in the world everybody knows it they're just kind of hanging out in new york city uh waiting to die and some people like get together and do a bunch of drugs. Some people get together and do a bunch of sex. So it's another one of those last day on yeah it's last like, day on earth. This yeah. is directed by Abel Ferreira, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, and so uh, Willem Dafoe and his much younger counterpart, uh, who's played by uh, Shannon Lee, who hasn't really done anything, uh, they decide they're going to spend the last day on earth fucking a bunch. Okay, and so so Abel Ferreira, who's who's you know a salacious director. Uh, bad lieutenant and all that stuff he does some lingering pervy shots on all of them but one of them is where she starts to go down on willem dafoe and like it travels all the way down his trap trappy tail happy trail yeah it's trappy trail <laughs> where you can see with, his back pu- with his happy trail <laughs> where you can see his pubes nice yeah yep. and like almost almost a dick shot where she's getting in there and it's gross yeah Fucking Willem Dafoe, man. man. Will, <laughs> Willem Dafoe, man. You could you could uh, make a list just with him, right? Body of evidence. Yeah, man. The wax scene. Isn't body of evidence able for rare too? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, maybe I'm just confusing bad lieutenant. <laughs> um, body of evidence. Body of evidence. Yeah, that's the Madonna movie. Yeah, Madonna. And body of lies is the Leo Although DiCaprio like, one. Uh, yeah, body was, <laughs> but uh, somebody named Yuli Adele directed. Uh, oh, Yuli. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got a big list. Yeah. Um, but no, and then uh, obviously, um, uh, b- b- fuck, um, uh, Antichrist. Oh yes. Oh. oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. It's uh, that four forty four movie is a perfect two a.m. about to fall asleep movie because it's like a fever dream. And then, like I was watching, I was like, this is uh, interesting to watch. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> pubes. <laughs> pubes so unsexy <laughs> i mean these pubes yeah <laughs> they're like orange <laughs> i've heard enough anyway those says my list <laughs> all right all right well that'll do it for this week um keep going to syncast presented by cinema sins on facebook we also have cinema sins twitter music video sins twitter uh we're also on soundcloud we have a, a Discord. If you want to go to Discord, you can go to our Reddit page and find a link on the right side of the screen there, or you can go to uh, the Facebook page and get one through the private messages uh, and go to Discord there. Uh, and yeah, uh, talk about what we uh, we talked about today. Do you like Hunt for Red October out there? It seems like a movie that doesn't get talked about as mo- often as it should. Not it's, as much, it's no. An, it's an all-timer. It's a classic. It should be... You know, it should be one of these movies that we continue to talk about. It's that good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with the 30-year anniversary coming up, I bet there will be a few think pieces out mm-hmm. there about how great I hope it, it was. Is there any chance it maybe gets like a re-release? I don't know. It'd be awesome. I would love yeah. to see it on a big this screen. This is, uh, director is... McTiernan. McTiernan, McTiernan That's baby. That's right, yeah. Yeah. My Mc- favorite director, I think. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a good record. He does. Yeah. He's going to direct another one. Oh, nice. Yeah, baby. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, but that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sherrill. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. So if I say something like, Chris is a duty head, is it recorded? It is. All right, excellent. <laughs> I love it. it I, right. I feel it in my gonads. Super tight. I feel the toit. It's tight in my gonads. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what was I watching the other day where somebody says, some movie where somebody says, tighter than a nun's cunt? Oh God! I know this movie. I almost want to Google it. <laughs> do do it. Um, I know. I, I, it was I, just I, in the last couple of days. Because I, I know this. I've seen, I've heard this line in the last three or four weeks, maybe. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I was about to do it myself. <laughs> we probably don't need two devices from the same lo- coordinates. No. Lo- this is like I'll sit there and be watching TV, and there's like all this like nun porn that keeps showing up. Uh, <laughs> and sideways, I think it's describing a wine tighter than a nun's asshole, but good concentration, nice fruit. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's not what I was thinking. It was. <laughs> Did I, did I tell you uh, what happened in San Francisco when I was walking around one hmm. day? Uh, I went up to a light. I was just walking. I can't remember where I was walking. I think I was probably looking for a restaurant or something. And uh, and this guy, this homeless guy, comes up to me and just like to to the side of me, and he goes, "So, uh, so do you like black people?" <laughs> <laughs> I gave him money, man. I, I said, "Let me, let me." I said, I said that works. <laughs> That's Bravo. good hustle right there. Solid. Bravo. Because yeah, now now you can't. Say, no, exactly. <laughs> My wife said three days ago, I don't get a very good signal in the living room. Mm. I spent a lot of time there. Can we look into one of those Wi-Fi extenders? And I was like, okay, but have you powered your phone off and back on again? And so she did. And uh, she was like, it's still not working very well, and it's intermittent. And I was like, all right. So I bought a Wi-Fi extender, spent about 20 minutes setting that fucker up. Mm-hmm. I said, give me your phone. I'm going to you know, make sure you can connect to this. Her Wi-Fi wasn't turned on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing what we assume, right? We assume a lot of different things and like um and and this story doesn't have much to do with Wi-Fi and everything, but it's it's uh I remember when I was in New York there was uh when when people who were not me who like <laughs> would be up in the booth and they were just learning and everything and they'd be my days off, I would obviously get calls about things. And my manager called me one day and they said he couldn't get the platters to work on one of these auditoriums. And so I was like, uh, I was like, do you try this, try this, try this. All right, unplug this, try that. You know, it went through a hole down there and I was like, and there's no breakers. He's like, everything that's, everything that should be on is on. I was like, okay, cool. And, uh, so 
you know, we're going to have to call a, a tech to come out and fix something like that. And, uh, and the tech and in, in where we were, we had a tech that was based in Long Island and it was his, it was two hours away. Jesus. So it sucked for him to come out. And I understood this, even though it was very frustrating to get him out sometimes, mm. uh, because it's like, that's your job. That's what you signed up yep. for. And, um, but he came out and uh found out that there was a breaker that was off oh. so he said so when my manager said all the things that are on should that should be on are on it i i didn't think in my head that you know we'll maybe just turn on all the other like i thought he had all the breakers right, on right. that's what you that. would assume yeah and uh there were some breakers that didn't do anything so it was it was common to have breakers that were off but like when he said everything that should be on is on, I was like, oh, okay, everything's just on then. And I didn't even think that he just didn't turn on some breakers. <laughs> Let me guess, that tech was unhappy. He was very unhappy. <laughs> he often expressed his displeasure with me. Jesus. He did not like me at all because I, because I would, I would call and I, then I wouldn't either. I would either not get an, this is, the problem is this is his job. This is what he needs to, I mean, he can't get pissed off yeah. about stuff like this. And if, I make a mistake of some sort and I can't understand what's going on. Uh, then, you know, then there, I'm sorry that you had to drive two hours out. He here. should love you. You fixed probably half of the things that most people do. He doesn't even understand. I don't think he understands. Huh. Like nobody does. Nobody yeah. ever understands that. Um, how many things that you do to prevent them from coming out and i don't want to call you i actually hate calling you um and he opened up the comment this is as painful for me as it is for you so like there was one time i went to another theater that was that was close to us and i, I used to do things for a lot of other theaters in the area too because that was that weird transition between uh an all union booth and managers coming up who didn't know what they were doing mm. and so like a lot of there was a theater on queens boulevard called the midway that i would go to and they had a, a, a lamp problem in one of their projectors and i and and i was like okay just you know I, I don't know what wattage the lamp is or anything like that but the one that i took out i didn't know it doesn't say on the side of it the an old lamp and i'm not their booth person so mm. i don't know what's been put in there i take out this black lamp and i was like okay uh so yeah you should i mean do you have the, the right wattage and the person was like yeah here's the here's the wattage here's the right size bulb all that put it in and it just didn't light up the screen at all it was so dark it, mm. and, but it looked bright inside the the lamp house i was like yeah okay th what there's something that's that's happening between the lamp house to here to there that's causing a huge shadow and sometimes you have like a whole bunch of other things that can get in the way and i just couldn't figure it out i put in another lamp it didn't work and uh and i uh, didn't want to put i was i think i didn't i don't remember all the details of the story but like just i knew that i couldn't get it to work and i was like it's got to be something messed up so i called this dude mm. dude comes out and like the next morning 6 30 in the morning and this is before i woke up at 6 30 this was like when i was waking up at 9 30 so he calls me up and he goes yeah i was just in this booth and i changed the lamp and it's the and, it, and, it, and it's obvious that you put in one that was too small blah 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 and i was like i i disagree but i don't it's not even my booth yeah yeah that's i was getting yelled at for that shit oh, 
Jesus you know, Christ. I was just like, that's why we got into it. That's why we got into it a, a few times. Was, Fuck you, man. What good is that? What what good is that going to accomplish? Yeah, calling you and telling you what it, what it doesn't. Is. And I like like I said, I no one understood more than me how much it sucks to mm. get in your car and drive two hours someplace and then find out the problem's very simple. Yeah, and there's no there nobody knows that more than I do. But like you know, it, if you can't figure it out, you can't figure it out, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it would go sometimes. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or a porn, porn machine shit. Or for, it'll be a jack-off machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. covered in seed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got all sorts of lubes and rubbers on it. <laughs> it's the fuck box. It's the fuck box. It's the fuck box. Hey, that's exactly what that is in high life. It's oh, that, God. it's that thing. The fuck box. The boom, boom room. Yeah. The boom, boom room. <laughs> nice. That's from the MTV game show, Are You the One? I remember that. Oh, there's a. There's a boom boom room where you where you go to fuck. Well, if you are if you are perfect, like they 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 pick a couple to be the perfect match, and then the computer tells them whether or not they are. And if they are, I think they get to go to the boom boom room for the night. Would you watch just, that show? Yes. I've are seen, you the one? They're, they're on like their tenth season or something. No, like that, they're right? only on their fourth or fifth. But the most recent one was all gender fluid people it was fascinating i heard about that because yeah. all it was still like eight guys and eight girls but they were all fluid yeah. and they're all fucking everybody well and it's you know i was telling <laughs> uh somebody i know who i won't call out that watches the show I was telling them you know this makes the game even harder because yeah. you're trying to you're basically set, trusting a computer that says you two should be together mm. that first of all is ludicrous but then when you when you when you Change it from, well, there are eight potential matches for me. Now there are 15 potential matches yeah. for me. But they still end up winning every fucking season. I don't know how. I think it's rigged. They'll, yeah. go, well, I mean, right up to the, they'll go up to the next to last one, and they'll only get like three beams out of ten. And the last one, they'll get all the beams. Wait, there's they'll... a winner in this show? Well, the one, right? The one, the couple? The couple no, that... all 16 contestants split the prize if they win. The, they the have idea, to find the right match the for them. The idea is that all of them find their perfect match. I or see. nobody gets anything. So they all find their perfect match. They have so According far. Every season computer, I've seen, right? I think there's only one season where they haven't eventually gotten there. <laughs> it's like an escape room. But it's the, same, yeah. it's the same thing every time. Two people that aren't a match that the computer has already ruled out won't stop fucking because they're they're obsessed mm-hmm. in lust with each other. Yeah. And the rest of the house gets angry because they're like, you're costing us a million dollars because of your boner. And right. the computer already just wait till after the show. And then get together. Yeah. But from now, find somebody. But they, they, they're compelled, man. They can't. That I show want, is addictive. I want to watch the show. I love it. It's like show. real world, only better. <laughs> and they don't they don't make them go get jobs and don't have to worry about like the city shit. They just yeah. take them to some resort. Yeah, and, fuck that. That's, yeah. Some nonsense. That's some nonsense. I think they abandoned the getting a job thing. God damn. Like the 12th season or something like that. Yeah. That did suck. I mean, if like, real world puts out another season, I'll watch it. Oh, but, me too. This is this is just this has just become my new thumb, my new shameless game show. And you're not a challenge guy, right? No, because I don't like those people. No, they're awful. They're all terrible, terrible people. Yeah, they are. but they they're kind of Kardashiany in that Kardashiany in that they they act like they are celebrities. Yes, but this is all they've ever done. Yes, yes, but they act like they're television actors yes and it drives me crazy yeah and they can't make that much on this i don't know they're making enough but 
They're probably making more than you and me. I know I know plenty of reality stars are making lots of money, but yeah, appearances and club things. I have to like that. somebody. I have to like somebody on the show. I agree. I agree. Anyway. <laughs> a stand up thing with David Cross many years ago where he was talking about how he's like he's like, Man, Hollywood, look at all there's all these people that I've never seen so many people who are so delusional about everything. But they know, man. They know they're going to be the best. They're going to get discovered. They were so good in Brigadoon and, and all that. They're going to, they just know in their heart they're gonna get caught and they're gonna get they're gonna get uh, famous and everything out of these millions of people and everything. And the fact is Thirteen of those people are going to get are going to get discovered or whatever. And fourteen, if you consider the if you uh, conclude the woman who gets on blind date and then poses for Playboy. <laughs> face, Barrett. Face. I face you.